Episode 11, Childhood of the Wolf. Um, nice. You guys are used to this already, so it's always more fun when we have a guest, and when we have fun guests, it's that much better. Uh, so let me just go right out the shoot. Welcome, Brian, from Von Birch Studios. What's up, Brian? What's up, dude? Dude, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm I'm Absolutely. You know what? You know what's funny? The moment the screen came on, I was a little nervous that we were going to wear the same shirt. Thank God we're not wearing the same one. <laughs> I was like... Please, I was gonna wear two shirts underneath, and if oh, you happen to wear, I was just gonna pull one up. <laughs> you, you're so ripping off, rip, ripping off your tearaway jacket at the All Star game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You, anyway, you need you need tearaway Von Burke shirts, like the Ooh. remember the old Nike tearaway pants? Yeah, dude. Of course, I remember. I'm old school. Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll no, dude. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here, bro. Thanks for having me. This is super. Ab- cool. No, I'm super I'm cool. super excited to have you on. We kind of uh, we kind of randomly connected. It was we kind did. of just a, uh, you know. Uh, do you know how it happened? A, what's that? Do you remember? Do you remember what I wrote you? Yes, I got us connected. Yes, what I, I do because I uh, I think I, <laughs> I found your stuff because I've been listening to um, a podcast that had mentioned uh, some of your work on it, and yeah. so I you know oh. I, I think he might have Instagram. Let me, you know, go look it up. And I looked yeah. it up and I found it and I started looking at the stuff you had on your page. I was yeah. like, oh, I, I dig this stuff. So I followed you. And it must have been just that timing where you saw, like, oh, this dude followed me. I'm going to check yeah. out who he is just to see. And you messaged me and you were like, that's, what was it? Something to the extent that that's got to be the coolest, like, Instagram name. Instagram yes. name handle. And, and, it's, like, and it still it still holds up, dude. Your your Instagram name is one of the best out there. So it got my attention, dude. You, your your strategy for the name works. Well, and you whatever know strategy what, that is. You know where that name came from? I don't know if I ever no. told you this. Okay. Oh wait, so, no, you you kind of did. So Maybe. my nickname in from the gym that I trained at for bodybuilding shows, they they called me the Wolf. Right. It actually started cheesier than that. It was Officer Wolf because I took this super funny picture where I was wearing like the big aviator glasses and I had just a yeah. mustache and like uh, Wolfman. Yeah, yeah, like you know this this cheesy '80s like rent a cop with uh, you know his aviator thinking he's cool and and I think just uh, just the nature of kind of how I'm built and the fact that I always run some kind of facial hair. Well, I've had the beard for years now, just the beard, but. I think somehow it was equated that, oh, this guy kind of looks like a wolf. So we're going to just uh, start calling that's him stuck. the wolf. And, uh, and it just kind of stuck. And uh, as I was posting pictures through Instagram and stuff, I was getting like um, reposts and comments and stuff from a supplement team that was called Shreds. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, I don't even know if they exist anymore. There was a bunch of right. weird stuff going on with that company, but it was a legit company, like not one of these, you know, Instagram, like we're a social media company that doesn't really exist in the real world type thing. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, pro athletes within the fitness industry that were sponsored by them and this. Um, so I was like, Oh, it'd be kind of tight just to be like, oh, I'll just put shred wolf and it kind of matches. And oh, know, it's a great were, name though they were using some of my pictures for their actual webpage to sell stuff and stuff like 
that. So I was like, oh, whatever, you know. That works. Who knows? So it just kind of just popped in from that, and I just yeah. run with it ever since. Well, I liked it, dude. When I saw that you had followed, um, I was like, dude, that's a badass name. I'm going to say something. Then it, then you responded back to that one, and it just kind of started from there, and we just went, you know. Hey, speaking of beards, I'm always clean shaven. So today, I made sure oh. I didn't shave just for you. I have a little something. You got that, something that going five o'clock shadow getting going. You know what I'm saying? That was for you, dude. It gets it's oh, shaved man. up tomorrow, but that was just for you, man. <laughs> or maybe... Like Maybe I'll go that route. I'll do, I used to, you know what? I did have a beard at one time. I did have a beard at one time. White stripes. I mean, natural oh, yeah. white stripes here. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, I might bring that back because of you. But yeah, that's how hey. we connected though, was through that, was through that initial shred wall. And I was like, damn, okay. Then here we are. And then we just had this, you know, we just have, we, we still have this. We, we talk a couple times throughout the week. I think we're yeah. both, because I'm at work and I think you're probably up and so yeah we're shooting I'm always in my studio forth, shooting shit you know and yeah. uh we've gotten to gotten to the point where we're like you know we kind of just like the same shit you know like 100 percent, for sure you know when you just meet people and you click and you're just just comfortable with bullshit about stuff oh yeah yeah and it's <laughs> like it? yeah we don't even you know we never even really did that weird phase where it's like oh i gotta feel this guy out it was just kind of like we had this dialogue yeah. and it seemed like we both kind of were like oh, i know i know what this guy's about i get it like there's 100 no and you know what it, you know what's funny about that whole story was i never even asked your name up until what last week i didn't even know what your <laughs> name was right because we were so busy just like bantering and chat chatting i didn't even come across to be like anything that we need to address we're just like yeah. him and me we're just talking and then I, all of a sudden I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> bro, what's your name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where the whole, funny. yeah, go ahead. It was funny because I remember when you said that, and I was like, oh, my God, how, how fucking rude am I? Like, No, no, it's all, it didn't even cross my mind, so it wasn't rude at all. But, yeah. yeah it's, it's funny, though, how that works because, you know, with, uh, with social media and stuff, you, you just come across people, and, and sometimes it's like, well, and especially, you know, on your side of things, with you putting out a product and a, and a, and a product that can coexist, coexist with stuff that's kind of popular within the collecting community and stuff like yeah. that, you, you've got people that reach out and they're like, oh, you know, can you do this for free or can you do, you know, like they out, people yeah. always want something for less and, you know, so I'm sure it's, sometimes it's, it's not the most fun to like open up your messages and be like, oh, what's this going to be type thing. Yeah. But you know what's cool about that though is I, I don't I see it as a very a really positive thing because um, they're asking me to do something for them you know like to be like when someone does hey can you do a custom sculpt of this I take that as, as an honor like yeah. that they're asking me to do that whereas if my if my work at least I feel was crappy or was you know I don't know not not popular or whatever they wouldn't ask me at all so I take that as a huge compliment I'm That's I'm always like humbled and honored when I get those requests I can't usually do them because the process to go behind that goes behind sculpting something is a really you know intense process so I can't always take those on but I do love I probably shouldn't say I love the request because now all this shit's going to come in all these requests <laughs> Dude, I got this 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 I'm like oh shit hold on but anyways no generally speaking I do uh, appreciate that kind of feedback when it comes in because it just says something about maybe my work no. well absolutely I think that is a testament to like the, the quality of your work and, and the style of the stuff that you're designing and stuff like that. If, you know, people like that aesthetic, they're going to want to see what you can do with something that they think yeah. is cool. You know, they want to see sure. your aesthetic spin on that. I mean, we even talked about a piece of art that I did 
one time. Dude, that thing's badass. And uh, you know that thing is. I mean, holy shit! If you, I hope you show it. Maybe you should show it on the podcast or do a link or do something somewhere or link it or tell some where it's at on your Instagram. But that thing's a, a killer piece and to sculpt it, holy crap, dude! <laughs> I mean, that would be a sculpt. gigantic event for you to sculpt, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it's cool looking. It's really cool looking. Yeah. Well, and you know me, that's just me going. I can't sculpt. <laughs> I'm not talented yeah. in that realm. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, I posed it to you. I didn't pose it to you as a question like, "Hey, do this." I asked you more yeah. along the lines of like, "How hard would this be to do?" Like, you did. what would You're it right. cost? And it was like, if it was something you wanted to jump on, I'd be like, "Well, I'd put the money up to do it." You know? Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe down the future we'll talk about it and figure it out. Hey. If it's something you ever want to do? Oh, for sure. I, I told you straight up, if you ever decide, like, hey, I kind of want to do that, we'll figure it out. Yeah. No, you I know? think it's badass. Hey, real quick, before I forget, remind me later in the show. Um, I'll probably remember, but just in case, I want to do some sort of a giveaway, right? And it's okay. going to be this question. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And if you answer them, I'm going to send you some product that you can give away on Instagram or through YouTube, whatever it's going to be. So it's going to be the challenge is going to be on you. You got to answer these questions right. For oh, each one, no. you get this little, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and then no. for each one you get, you're gonna you're gonna earn something to give away to your fans. So just remind me to do that. I have a couple questions now. I'm gonna ask you. I'm working on the third one. I'm not sure what the third question. But there's gonna be three. So three things we're gonna be sending out to you if uh, if you hammer on these these answers. <laughs> so something. Don't let me forget though. Don't let me forget. So I will not. I've got it written down right here. <laughs> oh geez, you put the. Maybe you know what I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to use the power of ale to get through um, some questions. There you for go. Us. They're not hard. They're not hard questions. You should get them. You should be able to get you'll them. Be, you'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if people tuned into the last episode, we we talked with uh, with Jay Hernandez, and I, I explained to him how uh, you know my first year of. Uh, of college after high school was I was a British literature major. Oh shit. Okay. I failed gym class that year. Oh yeah. Okay. I I literally <laughs> did not go to any of my classes. I did nothing. I yeah. walked into my I got into an advanced British literature class. I walked in, the teacher gave her, you know, opening synopsis of what the class was about. I raised my hand and I said, Two of your big papers on Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and Beowulf. If so, I'm not showing up for this class. Oh, shit. And she was like, well, yeah, those are two of the big ones that we would cover in this class. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I stayed after class. I sat down with her and I said, I'll tell you what. I'll write a paper on each one. I turn it in. I pass those papers at the beginning week of college this year. Don't pass me and I don't have to come to class. That was the only class I passed in college that year. No shit. Because <laughs> they force-fed you Beowulf and Sir Goink and the Green Knight through high school, through middle school, through high school, through like, and I was interested in that kind of stuff. I knew yeah. it front to back already. And I was like, now For I'm sure. paying these thousands of dollars to go to school to have someone just say, well, you learned this in middle school and high school. Here it is again. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you'd also be very surprised at the easy stuff that i won't be able to answer so uh, this, this could this could be fun yeah no it'll be good you know going back to that it's kind of interesting uh, you know 
oh, the right? Like, uh, like you're saying, Beowulf and the Green Knight, those were things that you were passionate about because of maybe, um, you know, mythology or whatever it's going to be, you know, it was an inspiration maybe based on some of the shows you watch or books or comics, whatever it is. It's really cool. Like for me, you know, um, art class, obviously, and art history were big things for me. I always did great in, but you know, when it came to math and science, it was far the other direction, but it's kind of oh, interesting yeah. how that, how it pulls you in that direction. Oh yeah, for Pretty sure. Cool. Well, I mean, uh, you know, that's probably a great segue right there talking about the whole uh, fantasy realm storylines and stuff like that. Because truthfully, yeah. what brought me to your page was a, 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 a collector, a toy line that we both really enjoy that uh, you make some right. additional pieces for. Um, for people yeah. that, that don't know, the line is Mythic Legions. Um, oh my God. How did you, let's An talk about Mythic Legions, man. Well, it's, studios, it's, holy shit. it's nuts. Yeah. So it's, uh, if you've been a collector for any amount of time, probably know who the horsemen are at this point right yeah i absolutely. mean they've been attached to masters of the universe now what thundercat have you seen the new thunder tank dude i did <laughs> it's insane it's insane i know man it's crazy. i'm buying it i'm buying it's it. crazy yeah because i mean yeah those were my how much that thing that it cost um i think it's like yeah or 50 plus probably 40 something shipping Damn, dude. Which, I mean, it's, wow. it's 27 inches long, 17 inches wide. So it's huge. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> the difference is, and, and I'm not going to try to claim to be anyone that knows how to build a toy, to sculpt a toy, to piece together a toy. But I do know where people are like, well, play sets, you know, are three, four, five hundred. Well, Snake Mountain, uh, it was like seven. So, but it was <laughs> absolutely massive. But the tooling on a vehicle compared to a playset is way different. The tooling, you have yes. to have 100%. this piece that lays over this piece and it functions, you know, especially with something that has to have rolling wheels and like opening doors and, you know, so I know yeah. that there's a whole what lot kind of off topic. It's like, it's like Razor, it's like Razor Crest, right? Yeah. Mandalorian Razor Crest. That thing was what, 300 some, but look at that thing. Holy shit. Look at the mm -hmm. details in that weapon cabinet opens up. I mean, you name it. That thing is that thing's crazy. And that's what three fifty, four hundred. I don't know what. Yeah, it is. and that's for aftermarket. Three, I'm sure it's gonna be. That's for three and three quarter too, right? No, isn't that black series? No, is it black no, series? No, that can't be black series. That'd be that'd be too that'd be too. Big. I mean, black is series, black series? Like, it might be. Is it that big? <laughs> Did I miss <laughs> the double crest? Because I collect six inch. You might have. Um. Yeah, and I but I am look that up. I am particular about my Star Wars Black series. I'm I'm not. Um, yeah, I I pick characters that I like. I, I'm especially collecting like the Mandalorian stuff. Yeah, same. Um, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. That's what, not, and you know the problem is like these rabbit hole figure lines. You got to be careful with. You know, like uh, Mythic Legions alone. You have all previous stuff, all previous waves, right? Then you have new stuff that's coming out. And then you got Cosmic Legions that's coming out. Then you get, so there's a lot in that space alone. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Let alone following hardcore Black Series or following G.I. Joe, 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, where are we going with this? It's like, holy shit. And for me, those are spaces actually I'm going to get into. You know, I am getting into Black Series. I got these monster versions of, you know, heads of like monster troopers and all these different like organic type sculpts of these, you know, characters that I want to do. And then G.I. Joe as well, I have some ideas with them, but you can go down these different rabbit holes, all these different lines and get in a lot of trouble. You know, know, so. Well, I mean, but yeah, going back to the, the, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, going back, just going back to the Thundercasting, that tank looks crazy. Looks it's, absolutely insane. That show was great, by the way. Thundercats? Hell yeah, dude. Oh, so good. One of the best ever. That, oh, I would yeah. say Thundercats has, has got to be my top, it's definitely my top three. Akira was one because of um, just, it's classic. Yep. Um, Star Blazers for me when I was really little. Star mm-hmm. Blazers was a really, really big influence on me um, as as an artist. But Thundercats definitely was is definitely I would say top, at least top five, but top three almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the eighties for that kind of stuff was just that was the era. if you were going to be a, a a boy and a young kid in that generation, like that was the time. It was. You had what Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Thundercats. You, had, I mean, at the tail end of the '80s, you had TMNT came in hot and heavy yep. with their stuff. Uh, you know, the Silverhawks, which it sounds like Super Seven is oh, going to give us Silverhawks soon too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brave Star was good. Um, right. When did GI Joe? When was the GI Joe series come out? So what? It? What original GI Joe? The like twelve inch, like yeah. kind of Barbie GI Joes was sixties. No, I was talking about the cartoon, like in the 80s. Oh, the, the actual cartoon? Yeah, it was right in there, too. That was like, that was Real probably American a hero. little bit after the He-Man Thundercats, because I think it was like yeah. Transformers and G.I. Joe, are, in my mind, yep. at least, are kind of synonymous with each other. Yeah. Like, they yeah. were running about the same time. Yeah, um, for sure. could be totally wrong, because it's all just cartoons for me in the 80s. Yeah. You know, when I was, dude, when I was a kid, you know, growing up, there were like three camps for toys. There was gi joes there was transformers and there was hot wheels and there are three different types of kids it was weird man and in the 80s you know you you just had these really tight clicks as as, like gangs we had the hot wheel gang you know you had the gi joe gang and and star wars gang you know so we're talking about the you know the the three 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 inch yeah three and three quarter and then we're talking about the die cast transformers the, the originals right it was kind of interesting and there was legos of course too but we're talking yep. about like the, the toys but it was interesting when you went to a friend's house for the first time to see what camp they're into because it was totally like hot wheels for, i'm sorry it's just something i never really got into but at the time i was Same. like shit i hope i hope he's an action figure dude you know because then this is going to be on it could be star wars it could be gi joe but let it be action figures so it was kind of interesting going back that those were definite camps when i was a kid oh yeah you like, yeah, everyone had their like thing and they like, it was, you stuck to it. Like you hit yeah. it hard. For me growing up in the eighties, it was, it was all Masters of the Universe. It was all yeah. He-Man all day long. And my cousin, he was, he, it was funny because I'd go to his house for, you know, the weekend to play and stuff like that. He was a, he was a year younger than me and he had all the G.I. Joe stuff. Mm. And, he, nice. and, you know, we'd be sitting there playing with the G.I. Joe vehicles and, and figures and stuff. And he'd be like, these are awesome. And, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, when he came to 
our house for the weekend, it was like, let's play with He-Man figures, you know? Mm. So it was like, if you if you had a friend that had, it was almost like you had to pick your friends. If you were like, I'm into <laughs> He-Man, that's what, you know, if I get some allowance or some birthday money, I'm spending my money on He-Man stuff. Yeah. But I really do think the G.I. Joe stuff was cool. You were like, I got to make sure I have a friend that has G.I. Joe stuff so that I can like go there and play with G.I. Joe stuff and that. And it's so true. Dude, when, when G.I. Joe's came out, uh, I was a huge fan. I did the uh, the mail away, the Cobra Commander mail away. And it was the first time I believe they had the swivel arm and he had his, his pistol went on his back. That weekend, I lost him at the coast. Oh. I have never got one back. And so one of my items to get is the classic mail away Cobra Commander with the silver face mask is yeah. I got to find him. That's that's my guy oh. I need to get because I and I was so devastated, dude. I was devastated that I lost that one. Because I mail, dude. It took we didn't have a lot of money, so to get yeah. those to get those stamps or get those uh, UPC symbols to mail away was a bitch to get. So it's like I got it, and then you had to wait, dude. Shipping back then in the eighties mm-hmm. took forever. I swear to God, it took so long. So you compare that with how long it took to ship. Then you find, and you losing that. Oh, dude, it was the worst thing ever. Yeah, bringing back harsh memories. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, in the same in the same vein, actually, it's funny because I was just kind of resetting up my shelves a little bit to to kind of space out stuff the way I wanted to a little more, and I um I switched out my shelves, and um with the upcoming uh, second wave of Super Seven Thundercats, I was like, okay, I want to kind of I want them in a detop, I think. And so I moved them from where they were to the detox. And as I was moving them, I have the first wave of Super 7 Thundercats. And I have a, a couple of those. Um, I don't even know how to put them out. They're, they're like the like 5.5 inch. Uh, mm. Is it Funko? Kind of made the cartoon like version. Like, it was before Super 7 had it. Um, mm. And they're just little like, you know, couple four or five points of articulation, 5.5 yeah. inch little homages to the old toy lines like that. Yeah. I have a couple of those in there, but I have the mail away Mumra still in my collection from my childhood. Oh shit. Wow. Was, dude. You know, a couple of proof of purchases from like cereal tops or something like yeah. that. And I oh remember, I remember when you said, you know, the shipping thing, cause it was like, you know, I remember my mom, putting the proofs of purchase in and I'm sure you probably had to put a check in for shipping. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. you and you sent it out and it was like you, six to eight you, weeks. Yeah, you forgot about it because it didn't show up for two yeah. months. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this little you know brown shipper box comes in the mail. And, yeah. and there, it wasn't in a package or anything. It was just a figure in a plastic bag. Yep. Yep. You know, whereas that's now some, that's where some of the old Star Wars ones too, like uh Power of the yeah. Force two and the second wave. They just came in a white box and a baggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They well, Wonder, Wonder Bread He-Man. Oh, yeah? Wonder Bread. Uh, do you know anything about Wonder Bread He-Man? No. What's that? Um, so there is, from the old, from the vintage line, from the 5.5-inch line, there is a He-Man that's known as uh, Wonder Bread slash Savage He-Man. Hmm. He has brown hair and brown, his, like, the fur loincloth is brown yeah. and his roots are brown. And people haven't. Okay. No one knows where he came from. Everyone Weird. thought it was from a from a proof of purchase mail away from Wonder Bread. And Wonder Bread says, "No, we don't know anything about it." 
really people have asked people at mattel they're like we don't know anything about it either well people have been there's actually i think like a it might be a youtube series or something where a guy has done the research to try to find out where this figure has come from well was it a bootleg it is not a bootleg it is mattel produced and uh what he found was there was some kind of little pamphlet book thing where you could order i think it was like it was like barbies something some other brand toy line and he-man and you'd get a random figure really whoa that's fascinating people people have this wonder bread he-man and the couple of people that have you know come in and said like i remember getting him each one he came with different weapons. It was almost like they had this extra inventory of weapons, <laughs> right. and they so just some put of that them in the bag, so that... and that's what you get. Whoa! So that's no awesome. one knows. No one knows for sure why he was made, or like the one thing was they think that maybe there was a small run made for because Mattel was initially going to do the Conan the Barbarian series. Uh. Oh, so maybe. Oh, like I the see. Dark hair and the dark loincloth and stuff was supposed right. to be like a Conan. I can see thing. that. Is that a Grail item for Motu collectors? Oh, it's expensive. It, is it's it like huge. the is it is it like the blue prototype Boba Fett kind of thing, where it's just yes. like maybe five in existence? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's probably a little more than that. Like it's not. I don't think it's as small and. I mean, I don't think it's big in numbers, but it's not yeah. as small as something like the the Boba Fett. Um, it's and it's one of those things too where people do bootleg it or like try to You're like, right. you I know whatever and there's like some way to like i've heard people talk about it where there's like some way to like pull the leg down or something and there's some kind of like mark inside the like uh the little hip joint you know that goes yeah. to the uh little rubber band that was through the crotch piece right right there's some little like something in there that you can tell if yours is real or not Oh, okay. What's so? What's the price of something like that? What's what's the like the latest you've seen? I haven't looked because I have no intention of trying to throw that money at <laughs> it. I, I gave up on it a long time ago. Um, it's over a thousand. Dang. It's over a thousand for sure. Um, because I know it. It it kind of it kind of is up there with the uh, the two giants um, that only released in Italy. Uh, Megator and uh, Titus. Okay. They only made it as far as Italy before they got cut from the line. Oh, shit. So there's only that shipment, you know, really in existence is whatever got distributed in like overseas a little bit. Oh, so right. Those ones are big, big grail pieces for vintage guys. Got it. Um, so I'd imagine it's somewhere in that realm. Okay. But uh, they, uh, uh, he, he, he's a he's a polarizing figure because no one knows for sure really yeah what it is or where it came from that's an um, interesting story uh never heard uh, of them i've heard of people doing the thing where they buy like you know some older couple or something sells their house in the state sale or some shit like that and they find a bin of yeah. in the attic and someone will be like well i'll give you i actually heard a story where someone was like i'll give you like you open the bin and he just saw you know a bin full of like 80s like Motu and Thundercat figures and stuff oh, like God. that. It's like, I'll imagine? give you like 40 bucks for the bin. And they were like, yeah, you know, like we're gonna sell for 10. Great. 
And he got, gets <laughs> home and he starts going through the bin. And halfway through the bin, he pulls out Wonder Bread Heenan. Oh, shit. Yep. That's crazy. You know, it's interesting, like that those chase figures that like you're talking about, uh, Italy, you know, not making over here. I don't, did you ever hear of the Star Trek? Um, it was the Star Trek series of figures that were only 1,201 each made. Have you heard about those? Uh-uh. Okay, so it was in the 90s, mid-90s. They made, I think, three or four figures. There was a Natasha Yar, a Picard, and someone else. I can't remember. Maybe it was two. I'm not sure. But they only made 1,201 of these because of the Enterprise, you know, uh, mm -hmm. serial number, whatever. And they didn't tell anyone about it. So they released them out to the stores. Well, Pacific Northwest, Portland area, was one of the only places in the country that got these things. We didn't know what they were, but you could tell because the old Star Wars figures, when you look at the bottom of the feet, it had the production number of which one they were. I don't know if they okay. still do it, but they had all the numbers. And so when you found one that was under 1200, under 1500, like this could be the one. So we went to the Targets and we were buying these things. We found them for three bucks a piece, right? And they were all under 2000 numbered. And no, more, normally you'd find about 10,000. The, the numbers on the bottom of the feet be 10,000 something, right? Mass production. We'd find these ones that were under 2,000. We're like, oh shit, is this what the rumor is? And so we come back to this collector. I had this in the 90s, I had this uh, little wall I rented and I'd buy rare like gold uh, spawn figures. So remember when they used to insert gold figures in a box, like yep. Max? Remember the Max? And it was all gold or spawn. Yep. Anyways, um, I had a collector's little wall, spent 30 bucks a month to have this collection wall. I'd go out and chase those figures and put them on the wall, like in 95, 96. Well, anyways. We come back to this collector store and then my buddy says, I think Brian found some of these uh, 1201 figures. And the guy's like, no way, let me see. And I pulled Natasha Yar out. He goes, I'll give you $800 for that right now. I just spent three, three bucks on it. Well, no shit. So I said, you know what? <laughs> if he's offering me 800 bucks, I'm going to wait, right? Yep. So I ended up, dude, I sold, I sold that Natasha Yar the next week for $1,200. Right, oh, cap. I bought rims for my '95 Honda Civic hatchback, <laughs> <laughs> and I found five more of those things. I found five more at Target. Oh my god! I sold them for like 800 bucks a piece. After that, because it started kind of going down a little bit. But yeah, they they misallocated most of them to the Pacific Northwest, from what I understand. And it was just crazy. What? Anyway, I I had to tell that story because it was I was just thinking about those you know releases that get kind of misallocated. That was one of the ones where people were just going crazy over. And if if eBay was as strong as it is now, dude, that thing would be just a fortune. Think about that. 1,200 pieces. That's insane. It's like, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, you look at the, the six-inch G.I. Joe line right now. $20 figure on the shelf. If you don't get it, it's 150 plus. Easily. Easily. So, dude. are you collecting? Do you know what this is? Um, what what is Mesco got close? What was a secret secret release that happened? Huh? The white one? The all white one? White skull. Really? Only five hundred made. That why is Mesco doing that? I don't know. It was crazy. I was so lucky to get that, but man, that did not, that rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> I was just lucky. I was lucky. You know what I have from Mesco? What's that? Nice. 
I have the original Gomez. The original what? The original Gomez. You're kind of cutting out a little bit. Oh, I have the, the original Gomez from the first New York Toy Fair. Like the first what? kit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Grab the bag. Are you like, serious? I, yeah. That's crazy. I just started getting into Mezco. You know that, honestly, the, the White Skull is my first purchase. My first Mezco purchase. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I know. Original oh, Agent Gomez. Yes. That guy's awesome. Hey, I recognize I recognize that finger. That's on your picture, your podcast picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with, my, <laughs> with my slightly adjusted Marvel Legend head to look like me. Dude, I think that's great. That's perfect. I actually, the uh, the 17 on that figure, yeah. I actually tattooed that onto that figure's face. No way. There's no way I could do it with paint. It's too small. Oh, shit. That's yeah. crazy, dude. So this is what my, Whoa. this is the press kit bag. Whoa, dude. That's amazing. Like, I had, <laughs> like, I was like, am I supposed to have this? Because, like. I got their product catalog that was supposed to go to like press and like oh, yeah so i mean like they were announcing stuff at shows and i was like i saw that already where did i see that and then i grabbed this yeah, book and i was the like catalog. oh damn but, yeah I was, uh, it was just an absolute luck type thing i was yeah. like because i remember that that toy fair they were like they were like Showing off, the, the, Gomez came out to show off the new articulation and the new buck that they made. Oh, really? Is that what the and they point were was? like, "Well, we don't want to do it on a licensed figure." And the the uh, Roach head had been their logo for so long that someone there must have just been like, "Let's just make the Roach head guy a figure." You know, just make a head. Oh, is that how it started? Put it, put it on a buck, uh, so we can show off the new articulation scheme. Uh. And then uh, they so you know the first day of Toy Fair the vendors and retailers and all them came in yeah. to, to check out product and they saw this and they were like, okay, cool. Well, the next day when the fans can now go to New York Toy Fair, went in, everyone saw this in Mezco's case and was like, what's that? Like, ah. I won. And so then all of a sudden they did this crazy rush pre-order and like for a little bit different version, like he didn't come with the same amount of stuff that the yeah. kit one came with. But I was mm -hmm. able to get my hands on one that was like, someone from the press had it and was like, fuck it, I'll just, I don't want it. Nice. So I like, cool, I do. Did I, did I tell you the, the secret uh, um, uh, Rumble Society head that I'm working on? Uh-uh. Oh, it's, I'm not going to, I can't say much about it. But there's a, I have like an arch nemesis of Gomez head that I'm working on. It's like this kind of new character. Um so that was actually what inspired me to get into the line was uh, to move this character into into the space, and so um, I'm pretty stoked for it. So but is yeah, that that's, is that something that you're just working on on your own, or is that kind of in yeah. cooperation with Mezco, or just no, just one of your no, own pieces? My own characters. It's going to be my own character that's going to be coming. Yeah. Shit, I wish I was. I wish I was work with Mezco on something like that. Be badass. But, but we all know how that is. It's like it, it's it's a it's a that's a venue that's so hard to like touch into. I mean, we, I, I've talked about it with, uh, with other like YouTube guys that do toy reviews and stuff, you know, everyone goes to a YouTube video to watch a toy review and they're like, Oh, 
this guy's getting free shit from Hasbro and that. And mm-hmm. every one of them will tell you, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm buying yeah. it on Macari or getting it early off of eBay or one of those types of sites. Yeah. Because even though I'm bringing a lot of attention to a product line that these big companies are, you know, um, putting out there, they don't need a social media account to help them with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a little different. You're, you're creating a piece of art that coexists with, with, you know, these things and, and, mm-hmm. and is your own um, IP. And, yeah. you know, there are two different kind of walks of life. Like, your marketing is in your artwork. Their marketing yeah. is just straight selling something for a company without being on their payroll for it. You know? Yeah. And for me as a designer, you know, as a creator too, I'm very uh, super sensitive to IP protection. And any, yeah. you know, if you look at, if you look at all my stuff that I'm doing for Mythic Legions, um, there's no lore whatsoever or in the names that touch on the, the mythos lore at all. So mm-hmm. all the characters' names, the relationships with one another, um, are all in my space. It's all in my world of my mythology, right? So, but it just so happens that they fit 1.0 and 2.0 mythically, you know what I'm saying? So yep. it's like, it's creating a new like splinter factions for these other guys that could exist in their space because, you know, I'm inspired by their line and I'm in, con- you know, to be honest with you, I'm in contact, you know, with Full Horseman when I'm doing stuff all the time. So, hey guys, behind the scenes, this is what I'm doing. What do you guys think? Oh, it's cool. Just, you know, keep the name out of the, this or keep that out of this and i'm like okay cool so it's i'm really conscious about that approach and Mm -hmm. making sure that my stuff's all original ip and that if it's if it starts writing any kind of line of anything like that i always ask and say hey guys what do you think about this and i don't know it's just way i operate is you know on the safe side of things so yeah and and why i totally understand that i can totally understand it's like um you know, it's, it's kind of along that same line of, uh, you know, someone brings in a, a, a picture of someone else with a tattoo on their arm to a tattoo artist and says, see that tattoo on this arm? I want that same tattoo. That artist is like, mm. I don't want it. I don't want to right. do that. For sure. You know? For sure. And, that's, um, and, you know, in the 3D sculpting community, that's as designers, you know, when we see people post stuff that we know is not their own stuff, that they're cutting things and making their own heads off of things we're like mm, who's the artist behind that they're like uh well we're like okay need to be careful there because the, the thing the reason we're sensitive about that is we'll spend hundreds of hours on an original sculpt yeah. whereas someone might take something and say i'll 3d scan it or i'll chop something off an stl like a 3d file and carve out a hole for a socket and make a head we get really sensitive because dude we're spending so much time coming up with these creative works and putting all this time into it you know, and so seeing that happen, you know, and that being said, that's why I'm sensitive myself to companies like the Four Horsemen or whoever it might be, Mezco, and say, hey, I'm going to stay in my lane. I-, I totally get it. You know, I'm not going to infringe on anyone. It's not just, it's not just the, you know, um, you know, uh, morally right or wrong. It's just I know what it feels like. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing is respecting artwork, like you were saying. Just like you were saying, that's what brought me to think about this was that the artwork of a tattoo. So I'm saying I'm going to do someone else's, you know, work. Uh, no, we're not going <laughs> to do someone else's work. No, we're going to respect that artist. And so I think there's an honor system there. And when it's broken, it gets it's pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's, I mean, and it's you know, on a kind of a lighter note, like have you ever seen the picture? There's a uh, a tattoo out there. Um, 
and it's a tattoo that an artist copied from another artist. So the guy came in, he said, I want this exact tattoo that this other person has. And it's tattooed, it's a sleeve on his arm and it's a bunch of, um, it's a bunch of Batman's rogue gallery. Okay. And right here on his arm, for no apparent reason, I think it's like next to the penguin's face, there's a nipple. There's what? There's a nipple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your mic's, your mic's cutting out. The picture that they copied that from? Yeah. The guy had it tattooed on his oh shit front of his body, so his nipple was right there. Right. And when he scanned it to copy it, he didn't realize that the nipple was in the picture. So That's he tattooed insane. the nipple in this guy's arm sleeve. That's the craziest story, dude. You're right. Yeah. Now you have some other dude's nipple tattooed in your sleeve. Dude, that's the best story I've heard in a long time. Well, the thing that that's, uh, you know, because I'm, I, I, one of my good friends, he's done a lot of my tattoo work and, and, uh, you know, hang out in his shop and stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, there's been times where we've talked about me possibly apprenticing him. And that might be something I look into down the road. Um, yeah. I never consider myself artistically gifted enough to do something like that, especially put something permanent on someone. I'm always like a little skittish about the thought of that. Yeah. But, um, you know, we talk about that kind of, he and I talk about that stuff all the time. You know, people come in and be like, I want this tattoo. And he's like, do you really though that? He's like this, everyone has this tattoo. Yeah. Like you're paying money to have something permanently put on your body that you feel yeah. represents you. Why have something that someone else already thinks represents them? Why not be unique? Why not, you know, create your own, you know, cut of the cloth, so to speak. For sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, for like, uh, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. I, was, I have a I have a huge Masters of the Universe back piece. Then you're going to show it, right? We're going to show it on camera. We'll see how this goes. After this story. <laughs> have a couple we, more. Games, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't mind actually, but <laughs> I'll have to wait till Jenna gets back downstairs so she can make sure I'm in front of the right totally. the camera. <laughs> um, but anyways, part of the um, part of my tattoo is artwork that is from a. a He's overseas. I can't remember exactly where he is over there, but his name is Simo Soul. And he does oil painting um, renditions of those old He-Man box art like oh yeah stuff. And he kind of updates them and does them in his style in an oh, oil killer. painting form. Um, I think he's actually done um, some exclusive pieces for like PowerCon and stuff. Okay. Um, but I really loved some of his artwork the way that he was doing it and i reached out to him and i and i actually asked him permission before i you nice. know brought, i could have had my tattoo artist tattoo it and never see most of what i've right. ever known yeah never known yeah probably would have never cared to be, right. to be fair but i reached out to him and i said hey you know what this is i because i took several different pieces from different artists and i reached out to all of them and I said, hey, I'm thinking of collaging these together as a whole for a back piece. And I reached out to all of them and said, you know, like, this is the design that I pieced together. Um, do I have your permission to, you know, use your artwork wow. yeah. you know, as part of this back piece? And are you cool with it? And, you know, whatever. And what was great about that was just me reaching out and talking to them, you know, I kind of got a dialogue started with a lot of them and they were like, well, can we see updated pictures as it's getting nice. tattooed and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. And like, 
And I was like, you know, we're not going to try to make money off of it. You know, yeah. it's, it's just for me, you know. Yeah. It has won a couple tattoo competitions. Nice. But not for any prize money or anything like yeah. that. Just for, Your intention was different. And, and and the thing is, is like, when it has, you know, done well at an award show or something like that, I literally will say, this artist, this artist, and this artist, yeah. you know, are the inspiration, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a tip, you know, it's like a... Um, kind of a tip to the artist, right? Just reaching out to them and say, hey, I want to do this. And you, and I mean, that's, they want to hear that stuff. So that's a good Absolutely. thing for them to hear, you know, to have that, you know, your intent to represent their artwork on the, on your body, you know, yeah. permanently. I mean, that's, that's an, an honor as an artist, you know? Yeah. Well, the moment yeah, I like, see someone that gets a tattoo of one of my, you know, Von Berg Studios crazy heads. Oh, I think that's, that, that's gotta be like a bucket list item. That would be a bucket list item, seeing I, something. I, <laughs> I could be, I could be potentially convinced. I'm pretty, I'm pretty oh, into tattoos. <laughs> but yeah, that's no. I think that's a, a huge honor for an artist to have, you know, have that done. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see if we can get Jenna down here so we can, yeah, so we can sh show the back piece while we're on the topic. Yeah, but yeah, you know, going back to the whole four horsemen thing, you know, doing Thundercats and everything else, it's just amazing to see you know, when they first came out with their modular action figures, right, where you can just pop heads off and arms and move mm -hmm. dude, as a as a designer. I mean, I, honestly, when they when I first came across Legions, it was going to be a photography, photography thing for me, I was going to just do these things look so cool. I'm so inspired, but I'm just going to yeah. do photography of this. Now, I'm not I didn't even think about customizing, to be honest with you, when I first saw them, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm gonna take rad pictures of these guys. And yeah. so that's where it all started because you could make some cool stuff if you wanted to. So mm -hmm. um, that was, that was what got me attracted to them was how modular, you know, 2.0s all compatible, you know, 1.0s all compatible. Some 1.0, 2.0s, you know, kind of works. So it was kind of cool, which you can come up without even touching the paint, you know, without yeah. even touching paint. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. One, well, I think that's great for the people that are probably a little more in tune with me as far as, you know, paint goes, you know, like I said, I, I've, uh, I've, I've just recently uh, starting kind of gathering a little confidence in my ability to paint, especially. Oh, I think you're doing great, dude. From what I've seen, what I've seen, you've been doing great. And you know what, it's, it, I'll tell you, I'll be absolutely honest with you on this branch. When I'm sitting there actually painting. Yeah. Um, because you and I have had such a, a great running dialogue and have gotten to yeah. know each other and our personalities a little bit more through, uh, you know, through social media and stuff like that. As I'm seeing their painting, I was like, I'll start painting something and I'll sit back and I'll look at it and I'm like, nope, that's like, Brian won't think that's cool. I got to fix it. I got to do better. <laughs> like I'm pushing myself to do better because Dude. I want you to be, see your, your skull look cool from me. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I get that. I, I'm sure that like, you know, you see, people painting your stuff and you're like, oh, that's cool. And that's cool. And that's cool. And it's nice stuff. But they're all at different talent levels. Mm -hmm. And I know that you appreciate all of it because people are appreciating your artwork and, and it's paying homage to like what, you know, yeah. what you've already put out there and they're just putting their, their color spin on it or yeah. you know, like doing it how they envision that, uh, that plain cast once they get it, you know, shipped mm -hmm. out to them. Um, and for me, I'm holding myself to it. I know you're not holding to this, this level, but I'm <laughs> no. holding myself to this level. I'm like, yeah, oh man, he, these are so awesome. And, and, you know, we've gotten to be 
bros and talking and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta really kill it. Like, I, I, <laughs> so I'm holding myself to this. And like, you know, when we first started talking, I told you straight up, yeah. like, I just am not. I, paint has never been my thing. And, yeah. uh, but you know what? I have been having a ton of fun with the stuff that I've gotten from you so far that I've started right. to paint and been working on. That's me. You know, and the thing for me is that I don't think there's ever, I mean, there's always like, you see pro painters get a hold of your stuff and it's just like, just crazy awesome. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, I look at these things. I mean, I reverse engineer everything. I think to myself, they post this on social media for a reason, right? So then I reverse engineer it. For them to be confident to post that, to show everyone, to get comments and feedback, says a lot about that person. They really put a lot of effort into showcasing this piece. And so the steps that got there must have been incredible for them to feel there was a moment for them to show the world. And I think it's those steps as a designer, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm so honored that they went through those steps and finally got to a point where they're like, I wanna show this, whether I think the world hates it or the world thinks it's the best piece they've ever seen, I'm still gonna do it. And knowing that makes it such a cool experience when I get a tag in Facebook or on Instagram, I'm like, oh, my mind is always blown. So I'm yeah. always excited to open up like, oh shit, what is it? And it's, it's the same experience, whether it's a, a top level pro painter or someone's just getting into painting, the same experience for me is the same, where it, the experience is the same for me. When I look, I'm like, whoa, thank you. I'm always yeah. humbled, no matter That's what level awesome. it is. So when I see your work, I'm like, dude, come on, this is good. This is real good. So I, I'm not on Facebook anymore. And, and I used to be on Facebook and used to be in the cabal. Yeah. So you know, unfortunately, when I finish painting mine, I won't be able to post them into the cabal. No. But, but I, uh, I also with that same thing, it's kind of like a stress relief because I feel like I'd post them in the cabal, and some of those better painters and stuff would be like, eh. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." That's a. I'll tell you what, the cabal is a great group, group though. You know, yeah, they're, they're such a positive good. group too. They they typically are a pretty drama-free group as far as oh my gosh, of all the groups I've ever been a part of, it's definitely one of the least drama. They've got you know Walter does a great job out there with moderating people, yep. and he's really yep. he's really active with everything, and he's a good dude. And there's a, a really good core pillar group of people that keep things straight. You know, once someone starts getting out of line, they're like. Eh. You know, yep. might want to check yourself on that. And then everyone else chimes in. Yep. <laughs> you might want to, you know, ease back on this. So it's, it's, it's a great community. That's literally the one thing that I miss about Facebook. Cause I had just actually got found the group and got into it. And I posted like one or two pictures of like mini little dioramas. That I built for my weekends. Like I made a goblin. Throne. Yeah. And uh, actually my goblin throne room. Carlin David Bowie figure. Oh yeah. The goblins around him from like from the Labyrinth movie. Yeah, Labyrinth, yeah. So I did that and uh you know I got a it was a positive like first yeah. day in there and I posted up a picture and like people actually liked it and I got a few comments like, Oh, that's a super cool idea. Like, yeah. And oh I love that movie. And so I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, like pretty welcoming environment everyone's at different levels but everyone is kind of supportive of and understands like you don't start up here you start down here and you learn to to get there you know your oh, first, big time your first sculpt i'm sure is not as good as some of the other sculpts that you know you've grown to oh they're, they're terrible 
my first sculpts were actually clay sculpts. They were all traditional sculpts that were just horrible. A lot of positive feedback though. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, not good at all. <laughs> that's, uh, that's something like, I, I don't even want to say envy, but I, I just I appreciate the, the, the patience and the, and the time tuning commitment that it requires to, to do all that stuff. Because yeah. I, like you just said, I, I bought some sculpting clay once and I was like, yeah, I can draw. Yeah. I, I can, I, I think I can draw. Like I look yeah. at my stuff and I'm happy with it at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if other people looking at it would be like, oh, that's great. Or if they'd be like, eh, you know, whatever. And that's fine. But I'm happy with it. So I was like, I wonder if I could sit down and, you know, sculpt and, yeah. and do that. And I did my, you know, I did research and, and stuff like that to yeah. kind of learn some of the technique and learn some of the just start out type tips. You know, I'm never one to be like, okay, I want to do this. What's the most advanced thing I could do? I, I start at the bottom when I'm trying to learn something new because I'm like, if I, even if I am talented enough to do something a little higher than where I'm at. Yeah. I'm missing skills that I would have learned down here first. For sure. And, uh, you know, so I sat down with some clay and I kind of got myself going. And uh, if you want to know about that clay that I started with, it's hardened in a box in my closet upstairs right now. Because <laughs> I failed miserably. And I go, hey, not... go. Going from 2D to 3D is really difficult. You know, I'm, I come from a graphic design background. You know, so a lot of it is all graphic design. So once you get into that space, you're just like, whoa, it's it's difficult. It wasn't until a friend of mine, Dana McKenzie, he uh, he works for he does um, um, uh, like Activision. He's with Activision now, doing like um, Call of Duty and stuff like. That. So he's doing. Okay. I think he's doing mod modeling or texturing or Dana. If you're listening to this, I, I'm sorry, not sure what it is, but you're a badass, anyways. Anyways, he had got his hands. He had his hands on ZBrush. And he put, and this is what got me into uh, 3D sculpting was he posted this work in progress of a Raincor monster. Mm -hmm. And it was, he did it in uh, ZBrush. And he was sculpting. I was like, oh, dude. And I knew he was a 2D artist originally. We were doing beer labels together. So we, for Boneyard Beer, I don't know if you know Boneyard at all. Oh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we're based out of Ben. They had a uh, really good IP anyways. Did some uh, logos for them, some beer labels, and then uh, along with him. And then I saw him do this 3D sculpture of the Rancor monster from Return of Jedi. I'm like, that dude, okay, if he can do it, I'm gonna try it, right? And so I started you know, getting into ZBrush and started playing around with the ball and moving things around. And it's kind of where it all started was based on seeing what he was doing. But um, I was, uh, before that I was doing the, the traditional sculpting, like super sculpty, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I couldn't, you know what was hard is I couldn't, my fingers were melting the clay. So I didn't get to the point where I knew how to do like the armatures right, where you just kind of keep your fingers off it and you can kind of sculpt around it. I just couldn't get the details. So I was getting frustrated with trying to do custom pieces for my Mythic Legions <laughs> figures. So I was like, there's got to be a better way. And so I hopped into 3D software and started trying to do it in there and it, it clicked. So it was kind of interesting. Well, I'm glad it clicked because, you know, like I said, <laughs> I, I love the stuff that you're putting out there. And, and it Thanks, speaks man. to me because like, uh, you know, some of it just, it's just so my realm of fantasy, like some of the stuff uh, that you're doing for Mythic, uh, compatible parts and stuff like that. Like, I look at these characters and, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's so overlooked, I think, especially the method. Where the hell are the beards? Mm. Like, and you put out, uh, you know, the one head that I have that I showed you that I've been working on. 
yeah. it's got that great beard. Because mm-hmm. typically on action figures, a lot of over the course of tons of different lines, they always do that short crap business beard. Yeah. I'm like, where are the dudes with with beards? Like yeah. actual beards. And for that, sure. That, that really spoke to me right away because I remember after uh, you and I started a dialogue, I really deep dived into like your actual shop page and stuff. And I started looking nice. and I remember the exact moment I I I told my wife as I was looking, I was like, yo, this dude's sick. He's got this big beard and it's brave. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I'm I'm gonna order some stuff, you know. And like nice. I was like, I have to know. Because I was like, I was like, man, if I could paint, I'd be ordering so much of this stuff. And it was like, <laughs> but I can't really paint, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like appreciate it, and you know, uh, from a distance. And then you know, I saw that head, and I was like, I gotta try. You gotta I, like, I, I have to. I have to have the. You know, I have to have this good because it speaks to me on that level. Nice. You know, and then um, hey, you know my whole. And don't crucify me for this. Dude, yeah. This guy, the um, the um, like monster hunter guy. Yeah, Von Grayson. Yes. And you and I have I'm, talked about the like the different ideas. I'm gonna end up buying like three or four of those heads. <laughs> like five ideas at you that I have for painting. Nice. And and I remember uh do you remember the one I threw at you and you were like, Oh, I've never seen anyone do that? Which one was that? I was like, what if this guy was like stone and the cracks were like actually cracking in the stone? So he's like, oh, right. Eight color. Yes. Yes. Everyone That's listening, insane. don't, everyone listening, don't steal my idea until I've done it. Like until yes. I've painted it. What are those guys called in Game of Thrones? Where the, you get that stone. Like the White that? Walkers? No, no, they weren't the White Walkers. They're from the Isle, some island that if they touched you, you would, that one guy slowly started getting the, the stone. Jen, the stone Jenna, skin. Te- tech Jenna's looking it up right now because she was like, <laughs> she shook her head and she's like, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, it was incurable. It's something you can't be cured from. You turn into stone and they're like these stone people. But anyways, that kind of makes me think of that. But you yeah. know, honestly, it's like what you said really hits on like my whole mission. You know, the why I do Von Berg Studios is creating a canvas that inspires creativity, right? So you may be not confident in your in your painting technique but something in the sculpt inspires you to say i want to paint on that and opens the door and then you knock out something that looks pretty badass and so it's those moments i love that it inspires some sort of i don't know creativity or something because i think that's important right so big part of my mission probably the number one mission piece is creating a canvas that inspires creativity and that's why i really get into textures and bumps and nicks because I know what happens when you paint them. I know what happens when you run a wash over hair and then you bri- dry brush the lighter part of the hair over the, the, re- the, the raised areas. You're like, holy shit, I get it. And so I design, when I create the, the heads, I design for the, the painter in mind, you know? Um, how, how's that texture gonna look? How are washes gonna look? So hearing you say, you know, I'm gonna take a chance on this because I want to make that happen. I want to be in a place where I can paint and make it look cool. So that that's an honor for me to hear that you even made that jump. So yeah, thank you. No, absolutely. Like I said, you know, it, it, it that, that was the best way for you to describe it was that, you know, like so for some people, you know, there's people out there, they're, they're talented at painting, especially people like in this mythic legions, you know, community. There's a lot of talented like painters Dude. and stuff. 
and customizers. <laughs> and because this line is like you said, you can switch everything up. You can you can you can you can buy three four horsemen branded characters and mix it all up and have a brand new character. Hundred um, percent. And they've made it so that it works, you know. Yep. And 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 then to have um, people like you and, and and a bunch of others out there creating these sculpts that you know the four horsemen aren't making that coexist and work with these you know these figures that bring in characters from your imagination from this guy's imagination um and um it's just that that it just it almost it's like i think in my opinion the um the artistic people that were drawn to mythic legions that then said oh i want to make this to mm -hmm. go with Mythic Legions mm -hmm. has only grown the brand for the Horsemen even bigger. I, I mean, not that they needed help because they're they're fantastic in their own right, but yeah. to have another opinion in the pot, yeah, um, to say like, well, in Corn Boy's mind, in, in Eric's mm -hmm. mind, and you know, mm -hmm. in in Jim's mind, um, this is what they have. Well, here's yeah. another mind that has some yeah. different stuff that would work with this kind of fantasy realm that, that we're living in when we're collecting Mythic Legions. Um, it just means that five people that Cornboy, Eric, or Jim didn't speak to, you might speak to. 100%. Or, or, or this creator, uh, what like uh, uh, Wolf King Customs or Planetary Dog yeah. Toys, or yeah. you, know, you know, there's so many out there that, um, oh, that speaks to me. So like, yeah. I like that head sculpt. I'm going to buy the head sculpt, but now I need figures to put that head sculpt yeah. on. Or it's, like, an, it's, it's an amazing ecosystem, right? That it, all it really works together. And it's just like the War of the Aether Blade, right? The whole campaign that they're running right now um, with, with the new orc builders and elf builders, right? I propose to do the exclusive head sculpt, you know, for an orc head sculpt that I have on my Instagram. And it's going to be launching here just for people that supported the campaign, right? And so basically... I'm trying to create a new space to get some energy behind, you know, the Four Horsemen campaign, right? To help support these Legion builders because I want the, and this was before the campaign was funded. I think there was maybe, um, I don't know how much, like maybe 10 grand left to go in the campaign. I was like, okay, shit, we, I, gotta, I gotta do something. So I just hopped in, Zebra started sculpting an orc. My first real normal orc, I have a the Virgo orc that's like the vampire orc, but yep, yep. I wanted to create something that, someone could use in the upcoming legion builders in this campaign so i did this whole thing saying hey and it's still going on by the way so if you guys if you're watching this in time before the campaign's over you know if you if you go to their um um i think it's what's the, the uh what's the source website horseman? it's not source horseman it's the um um just look up four horsemen and uh, war of the aether blade you'll find the campaign but uh if anyone's doing a 30 dollar or more campaign they just have to message me and if they message me, they get in a drawing and they get, um, there's, I'm going to give out five heads of this custom orc head um, nice. to people that, and also they're going to get a secret code where they can actually buy the head that no one else can get. So um, it's going to be really nice. limited, but super cool. But I think that ecosystem of supporting each other helps move things in different ways um, that's important to the community. Right. And like you were saying, it's like, okay, you find a cool custom head and I need a body for it. So it's kind of working back and forth. You know, so it's it's a pretty neat space to, to operate in. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we, we, you know, when we're playing, we're, we're a, a lot of us, I would imagine, 
that the majority of Mythic Legions collectors, you're, you're full-grown adults playing with toys. You know? <laughs> and the thing is, is we all have, have seen the world to an extent, and we all have our, our likes and dislikes and, and things that we're drawn to aesthetically. So just having other voices out there that have a different aesthetic that or or something a little different in their imagination that comes to fruition like that can be the defining factor like yeah oh, i like mythic legions but there's not a character that speaks to me oh this guy does custom yeah. you know heads for mythic legions yeah that character speaks to me yeah now i'm invested in the line because like that yeah. one character i mean it's like if, if you if you were an ages kid and you went into he-man and you were like i don't like he-man you were never going to get invested in that line yeah, you you have to have a character that speaks to you, um, and I think that's that's where that whole like um, community of people that are 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 supporting the Mythic Legions community with other creations and other ideas. I mean, it it even goes to the extent of like someone posts up a recipe for a for an easy custom. Like I mixed and matched these two figures to make this, and it looks really awesome. And other people yeah. be like oh dang that's super easy i can do that and i love that and it makes me go up and buy two more figures so that i can match those two up and it and it just yeah. like you it said the ecosystem of that is is amazing yeah just like the other day you know it's like uh it was yesterday um um someone had posted a photo of their figure with the diorama and i noticed the lighting was just not probably the best to showcase what was pretty awesome what he's doing so I thought it was great, but I felt like, you know, whenever I post something, I'll get some feedback. People saying, maybe this kind of looks off a little bit in the back end. And I always appreciate that kind of feedback. All the positive stuff is always great, but you'll never grow unless you hear some of the negative stuff. Yeah. So I see this picture and I'm like, um, this is a fantastic custom. I can kind of see a, a deal back there. It looks pretty cool, but I'll tell you what, I wrote down a sketch on a piece of paper and I post this picture. If you, there's a top down picture. If you have this head here, take the flash off the camera, move the, the lighting off above to the to right, move one to fill. And then I said, do that and then try that and post it. You're going to have an amazing, it looks cool, but you're going to be, it's going to knock your socks off. So then what I did is like, I'm going to take it a, ne a next step further. I grabbed two lights and I grabbed a figure and I did a video showing, moving my light around the figure saying here's the, an example live example of what i'm doing i posted on the cabal and so i got a lot of feedback saying oh this is great that's something i wanted to know and so it helps people grow and that's that ecosystem we're talking about right well yeah. let me show you it's great what you're doing but let's make it better how do we make that better you know or how do we how do we level up we're not going to become the best and just stop we're always going to be growing so if yeah. i can add some sort of feedback to say how do i take that how do i help you take it to the next level you know, and others as well, um, let me do that, you know, without sounding like a, you know, an idiot or sound mean or anything. And yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah, I think that feedback is always important when you give constructive criticism to say, maybe pull the light off here. And so um, that's what makes that ecosystem work too, is being willing to say, hey, try this, try this. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's pretty powerful. Yeah, it is. And like we were talking about earlier with the cabal, it's almost like the mentality of that, that you know room is that like people come in there and they expect someone to say like hey that looks pretty cool you could do this to make it better and and everyone kind of comes in there with the mindset like this is a place where i'm not going to just come in and be top dog and i'm the coolest and i'm going to yeah. tell everyone else their stuff sucks yeah. like it's going to be 
everyone has a piece of information that can be conjoined into everyone's efforts to make, yeah. you know, someone better at what they're already doing yeah. fairly well. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I've kind of considered a little bit more toy photography and stuff. I do build dioramas and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I do have um, the one cheat code that I have, and that is my wife was a photography major. Uh, there you go. Or minor, excuse me, minor. She's a vocal major in college, photography minor. Yeah. Oh, but cool. uh, um, so it's it's uh it's a cool um it, it's cool to be able to like have her be able to say like no 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 look this like yeah. this is where you want to take this picture from um this is this is where the light should be coming from stuff like that because you know I've 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 used her camera on my mm -hmm. own and taken pictures and it's yeah. like. I know what I want to see and then when yeah. I take the picture and look at the picture, I'm like, that's not at all what I was like thinking. Like, that's not, yeah. you know, um, to be fair, I actually took a random snap of her with her camera and it's probably one of the most dynamite pictures ever. Oh, cool. just, and it was pure accident. Yeah. Pure course. accident. <laughs> so I have a huge appreciation for people that can make it happen. You know, it's yeah. not a happy accident. It is like, mm -hmm. I know how to do this. Like this is, yeah. and that's. You know, what's like crazy you is, you know, what's crazy is what led up to, you know, people always see, you know, the greatness at this level. They don't, you know, it's like someone says, oh, that sculpt is cool. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do one too. Or I'm going to do this thing. Well, you know, like my latest, any of my latest sculpts, any sculpt you see that I do, it's probably taken me, you know, 30 years to do that sculpt. You know, if you think about it, you know, think about all my background, everything I did with, you know, design, drawing on skateboards when I was a kid, selling at swap meets to, you know, anything that I did as an entrepreneur, having a uh, little toy wall in the 90s or trying to custom Power of the Force 2 figures in the 90s and you know, whatever. It all led up to a moment of Von Berg Studios, right? All these things that happened over the course of my life and the epic fails that I had and the, the minor successes I've had have all led up to this new head sculpt I just released yesterday or whatever it's going to be was 30 years in the making, you know, any kind of business ethics that I've had in retail and everything and, and translates to my shop and how I deliver my products is all years of retail management and relationship building with people and, you know, understanding customers. It all led up to one moment where it isn't just some dude that launched you know, a website said, buy my stuff. You know, it's it's years in the making to get to where it is, kind of like, you know, what you're saying. It's, you know, someone leads up to a certain spot of it as a photographer. You know, it's like, whoa, that's an amazing shot. But, you know, there's so much that led up to it. So, yeah, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and I think and, uh, going back also to the like the ecosystem, you know, at a high level, which is fascinating, is that as designers, there's a lot of us that are talking planetary dog toys uh, in the old Wickman, you know, with uh, Wolf King Customs. Um, we're talking in the back end about stuff we're doing. Like, oh, hey, how did you do this kind of thing? Or, you know, uh, Emil and I had a conversation one day. He was releasing a vampire-style orc the same time I was. We were both thinking the same thing, didn't know it at all, right? I posted a picture, a sneak peek of what I was working on, and he was in his head was like, oh, shit, I'm almost done with mine. And so we talked in the background trying to work out, you know, what's this going to look like when we release these? Do you want to go or do you want me to go? And we kind of were talking back and forth two completely different sculpts, 
two badass sculpts, but we had this like common fellowship to say, what are we gonna do? Where are we going with this one? You can, you wanna go, you wanna go? You know, it was really cool on the back end how the ecosystem works as well, how we're working together to say, hey, you know, this is, this is pretty awesome. And you know, how do you do this? How did you do this kind of thing? So um, it's pretty neat to see that as well. Yeah, that is really cool. That's mm -hmm. in the same tune. I have a few friends that are like into the, um, you know, the the toy content on on YouTube, you know, reviews and and stuff yeah. like that. And I've talked to them, and and they kind of do the same thing. Like, oh, this new big figure just came out. You know what? That's your bread and butter. That toy line is your thing. You go ah. first. I'll do it later. Yeah. Like they they talk just like that too. Um, yeah. You've got your. I'll open up the floodgates if I go down this road. We're not going to do that. But there are toy reviewers on YouTube that uh, we're we're not buddies <laughs> because oh. the way they handle yeah. it. <laughs> um, just the way they handle their content in general. There's some of them that go out there and they're pandering to a fan a, a fan base that wants to hear everything negative about every product. But they they see oh. Hasbro on something and they go, "Well, that's a billion dollar corporation." There's still an artist behind that figure. There's yeah, still someone 100%. that put their put their their imagination and their talents into making that figure. Just because mm -hmm. something happened on the production yeah. line that you don't like, doesn't mean that someone yeah. behind the scenes didn't care about that or didn't try to do For their sure. best. Um, so, like, I, I'm not a, a big fan right of that. Like, going into every every. Uh, you know, toy review and saying like, well, this sucks. This is shit. This is, you know, this is garbage. Yeah. I paid yeah. this much for this and I don't like yeah. this about it, you know? So I, I, uh, I definitely yeah. think that um, the community around Mythic Legions is great because, you know, are there things with yeah. Mythic Legions that, you know, we could maybe, you know, say like, oh, we'd love to see this changed on a Mythic Legions figure or, you know, yeah. this would be helpful. Like for me, and it's minor. But I'd love to see double jointed elbows and knees, because mm -hmm. a lot of the figures right. that I that I uh, enjoy have that. And you just get and that and that's not a knock on their designs. What it is is, yeah. in my imagination, I want to see them being able to get into more dramatic poses that those double jointed elbows and knees would, you know, be able to make. For sure. Do I hate the figures because they don't have double jointed elbows and knees? No, I still no. love them. The, the artistic. Yeah. Uh, designs yeah. of all of them is so fantastic the paint and the sculpt and everything is so beautiful yeah. that i love them for for that absolute um now wolf i think you made a point there i'm sorry to interrupt but i just want to make sure before i forget sometimes my mind goes crazy guy oh yeah that's how this works. but you you'd mentioned uh, <laughs> i love your vision though about how you recognize that it took an artist to get to the certain point you know, that artist who ended up doing that sculpt or whatever it's going to be came from nowhere. They, they started off with probably traditional clay and was hoping to be something someday. And, you know, then here's their stuff being released. That's an amazing story. And like, like the whole reverse engineering, where did that come from? I love your mentality. And I think about, I, I kind of relate that to movies. I will, or, or movies and bands, you know, I, I look at it and say, I don't think there's ever a movie that's a total loss because when someone says this, it's a total loss of a movie and it's the worst thing ever, you got to look, there's, there's some pieces that were probably good. There's some, there are things that are the moments of greatness within these works. You can't just say that it's a total loss because there's some people, some artists behind that. 
same thing with bands, right? People like to say, oh, this band's a sellout. Well, shit, dude. I mean, if you were a garage band and three guys struggling to keep people alive or keep yourself supported and family supported, wouldn't you want that for them? You know, aren't they still an artist? Not all the time. Sometimes the artists go a different direction and it gets in their head and they become that thing, right? That product. Yeah. But for the most part, a lot of people will label someone saying, well, dude, they're just a sellout. Well, come on. What, what, is, what is the context of the sellout? You got to really look at the whole thing. And so same thing with the artwork, you know, in action figures, reviewing something to say, it's total garbage because it's Hasbro or it's total garbage because, well, come on, let's dissect that a little bit. What, what about it is it do you like? Is there anything you like? Do you like the steps that it took for them to release the product? Do you ever watch any, you know, videos of what these artists are doing to sculpt these things and how the joints came to be? You know, I mean, it's like, you can really appreciate what these toy companies are doing. Not everyone likes McFarlane toys, right? Not everyone likes their stuff. But when you look at the history of Todd McFarlane and look at the history of what Four Horsemen Studios, you know, were doing the Four Horsemen with McFarlane, everything behind that, you're like, whoa, that's a stepping stone. That is this, that grew this, and it's this. It's like, dude, it's staggering. And to have an appreciation for that or not have an appreciation for that, I just think it's a, it's a terrible thing. Well, and I mean, to, to kind of curtail off of what you said, like McFarland Toys is a great example because right now people do have complaints about McFarland Toys and it's, and it's movement, it's articulation mostly. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know what, here's the thing. There was a point in time where McFarland Toys were the bee's knees. They were the Dude. best thing. They were the best action sure figure you could get at that price. I mm -hmm. mean, because... And, and you weren't worried about articulation because you had this piece that was painted phenomenally in the sculpt. It was yeah. amazing and so true to the character that you were purchasing it for, um, yeah. that you were elated for it. Um, we're spoiled as collectors because of, yeah. of ingenuity of, of artists and, and manufacturers and creators and, and the people engineering these toys. I mean, you look at a, a masterpiece transformer. The engineering that goes into making that figure look like the the robot that it is look like the <laughs> alt mode that it is Dude, and insane. making it work right yeah that's a huge task of engineering right and so right. like when you say like oh i bought this transformer this masterpiece transformer the backpack is disgusting i hate it yeah well, you have to understand that's a piece of, of plastic this isn't a cartoon where we can just make yeah. pieces <laughs> of that action figure disappear into nowhere yeah. Like, you know, they're, 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 that, that, that mass still has to be displaced proportionately to yeah. existence. And I uh, hope more people have that perspective that you have. That's, that's the thing is I hope people have more perspective like that. Like I'll walk through a toy aisle and I'll look at stuff and I'll say, that's an awesome brow line that they sculpted. You know, oh, that's a sweet ear. I love how they, the anatomy, you know, there's, yeah. there's some, some true anatomy or I look at like uh, these pieces. I'm thinking, oh, that's, that wrinkle how'd they do that I'm like oh that's fascinating you know it's like there's so much it's like a museum of artists i mean think walk through a toy aisle and don't think of it as toys but look at it as you're walking through a museum and each one's a frame piece of art the box is a frame look at each piece and saying that's a piece of artwork that was designed by someone mechanically designed it was you know painted it was sketched out there's concept drawings of this stuff i mean it's magical when you really dive into it. Even when you dive into like the most basic 
Minecraft figures, you start to kind of look at it. Like, look at the packaging. Look at some of the stuff they can do. Look at these little mystery chests you can buy to get new helmets for. You're like, this is brilliant. It all, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, you got to look at it that way. And I hope more people view the end product of toys as being that way, you know, complexity of building it. Absolutely. I, I mean, here, I got a perfect example of not promoting. We've got McFarland Toys, just one of the, his Batmans. Yep, yep. You know, is this my favorite Batman toy in my collection? No, it's not. Is it? Is it nicely designed? Is the, the, the version of Batman that he's going for in this pretty well done? Sure. Is his articulation exactly what is... I, I don't even know how to describe it the right way because it's, it's not really... It, it's not as good as other things that you can purchase that are right. similar to this, right? Right. You know, could he opt to do a cloth cape so that you get more movement out of him so that this cape isn't a hindrance? Sure, there's things. But he made design choices, and I know one of Todd's big things is he hates breaking up the sculpt right. to put the articulation in. Right. Um, where, you know, and, and one of the big things is, is toy collectors and people that, you know, our fans of posing their figures and, and getting those poses that we imagine coming from the comic books and the cartoons and the movies and stuff, you know, sure, sometimes it's frustrating because we're like, man, this figure looks good because the sculpt is nice, the paint is nice. We want to get it into that pose that we envision. Yeah. And that's where the yeah. frustration with that comes in. So then you yeah. pull something like the Moffex Hush Batman mm. and this thing moves ridiculously. Mm-hmm. But there's about a $70 price tag difference on this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And as far as just pure look goes, they are both fine. They both yeah. represent Batman in a really nice manner. Yeah, for sure. If I want to pose one to the gills, I'm obviously going to take this one and pose it. Exactly. But to have that that engineering that's beyond the artwork mm -hmm. that is a science that is making sense of how things have to move how those you know different parts have to go together to make it function correctly that's where the cost is going to change for somebody yeah, when you absolutely. get a cloth cape that's now tailoring that's another yeah. aspect than plastic when you put the wiring in the cape and deciding where to put the wiring so the cape actually functions that's another thing because right. you know you you pay ninety dollars for this figures and people have, figure and people have complaints because the cape is absolutely massive. But you have wires <laughs> in it. There that you can hide this cape to make it yeah. not, not an issue. If you want your Batman to just have his cape and cowl hanging over his shoulders, yeah. you have wires in there to do that. Rather than complain about it, realize what they did try to do, what they did try to yeah. get. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that a thing costs a certain amount. It's because you had to pay not only the artist that, that you know initially rendered this, you have to pay for the license. You have to pay for the guy that yeah. engineered the joints. You have to pay for the casting for the different parts that you're getting. Yeah, the tooling this. and everything like, alone is expensive. Tooling yeah. and everything. Like, and people yeah. seem, people want to look past that and go, well, this company is worth this much money that it, and, and I paid this much for it, so it should be perfect. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's, I think it's one of those things like you were talking about McFarlane, you know, not wanting to break up lines and, you know, it, see, that's a, it, it's not a money issue. 
definitely not a money issue. It's a principle issue for him. And it's an artist, it's an artist decision that he's making, not based on anything else. And so I think that's kind of fascinating to respect that part. Like he simply just doesn't want to create a line across the chest. He doesn't want to make a bendable chest, you know, torso. And so it's, it sucks because we want to see that articulation. We want to see these things happen, but you know, going back to what we were talking about, where did it come from? You know, think about McFarland toys in the nineties, how crazy that stuff was. Nothing was touching, you know, the sculpt work and the paint work. The first time I ever saw, I learned, um, well, probably Warhammer doing Warhammer paints, like miniatures, but uh, it was around that time I was really getting into washes, like dirty washes, like black paint diluted with water, rinse rinse the figure in it and it looks badass no matter what you did you can have the worst looking figure and just mix some black water and dump it over and it just recess and all the cracks and the pores that you're like whoa was yeah. cool. and mcfarland was one of the first people that i saw in the action figure line to do these kind of dirty washes to make them look gritty because it worked for those sculpts there's monsters and i was like wow that's amazing and that's one thing that's a big takeaway i got from the line was just that how do you get texture you know, out of these things and see now it, it kind of explains why me as a sculptor, I really noticed that things. Cause I go back to those days thinking that's what made that look so badass because it's the way the paint attached to that sculpture and the person who sculpted that knew that. And so I try to do that as a designer saying, how is that wash going to look on my figure? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of one of my little secrets I think about. I think about when I'm making it and the moment I do paint one of my own pieces, I'm like, yep. Okay, this is where, that's that feeling again that I got the first time I saw something as complex, like a miniature, you know, uh, Warhammer figure, whatever it was going to be, or a McFarlane action figure. I was like, how do I, how do I get that wow factor that, you know, um, that yeah. I experienced when I was, you know, getting started? Yeah, what, what do I want the black wash that people are going to put on this to pop up? What detail do I want to all of a sudden be like, I didn't see it when I straight painted it but I blackwashed it. Now I see this and this yeah. and this and that, like, and, and we kind of talked about that while I was painting some of the stuff that, that I've gotten from you. I said, it was almost like you were, you were guiding me to paint it in a certain mm. manner, like to, to mm -hmm. kind of look for this detail and say like, Oh, this detail is here. How do I, what do I do to contrast it, to make it pop? What do I do to, to yeah. bring that? Because it, it just brings more life to the character of the sculpt that you've already designed. Yeah. Like, look at the, that Bon Grayson with the with the big cuts in his head. If you yep. look at the cuts, there's some fat tissue in there. These little bubbles, like little tiny bubbles in, yep. like little bump. Okay. That's the kind of fatty tissue that you can go either fleshy or kind of a, do like a yellow colored fat to make it really look like it's been sliced open and that fat's kind of oozing out. So there's little details that you can add to really make it the next level gore or or if you want to just do all red or even just a pink scar i mean it could be a fresh wound or it could be an existing one so i try to look at stuff like that like what is the how creative can an artist get with the bumps and scratches and different things that are in there and will they notice some of these i don't think i've ever told anyone about um that little piece that or the pieces that are the texture that's in the scar but um oh, it's things like that <laughs> so it's things like that i hope people you know, will recognize or like beards you were talking about earlier. I love hair and beards because they're perfect for a base coat, right? And then you do a wash over it. So the wash turns that base coat a little bit darker in the cracks. And then you dry brush back over the beard with the lighter of the base 
and it's just insane. So you got three layers of colors. Yep. It's just like, whoa. So it brings out I love that texture. texture and that character. Well, like yeah. to go back to uh, the Von Grayson, um, I put like almost light blue edging around it so it looked like the Ooh. bruising to where the scar, yes. like, yes. Opened, you know, because yeah. I, and in my mind, I'm thinking, like, well, if you got hit with something that created that scar, your skin's gonna bruise around that scar yep. too because that's you know the trauma of, of skin lesions and stuff like that. Exactly, so, like, I love that. It, and I was like, well, and again, like I said, when I'm painting these, I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta paint it to a certain level because I, I have to. <laughs> when I show Brian, he's got to be like, that, that's actually really cool, and and not just because he's a good dude and he's a nice guy and he's positive. Oh, I want him to actually see it and be like, oh man, like that's that's sweet. Um. <laughs> Going back to black washes, you know, it's funny. Yeah. After I got some of the head sculpts that I've gotten from you and, and have been painting them and stuff, it's given me a little more confidence to go back and be like, you know what? I never black washed this figure because I wasn't sure if I could do it. And uh, yeah. and uh, and now I find myself like, oh, I can do this. Like, I can yeah. go back and black wash. I kind of have an understanding of what I need to pop on something. Yeah. And it is because of the way that your 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 sculpts are designed that give you this kind of like, and I'm not trying to downplay it or, or, or not sell it. It's almost like a paint by numbers where it's like telling you mm -hmm. like, this is here, this is an option that yeah. you can do. Look at it and you can see this and, and you can understand what it should be and how Good. you could use it. So That's, yeah. I, I, hope that, I hope that comes across that way because I try to um, appeal towards that group that are, you know, people just getting in, like, how do I paint this kind of thing? Um, and then how can I take it to the next level by seeing these little tiny details that are in it? And I don't know, I think that's pretty, hold on just a sec. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're good. Good. Sounds good. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, no worries. Little wife was, uh, giving me some instructions on what's happening, but yeah, you know, I, I hope it comes across that way. when I'm, when I'm doing the sculpt, I try to make sure the, you know, um, the eyeballs are, are cut right where it's gonna you know be paintable and also I, I think you know i've tried to be conscious some of my earlier sculpts maybe the um verto orc the cavity in the mouth might be kind of deep so people that don't know how to get in there to paint might be a little bit difficult maybe some of the back rows of teeth but um these days i'm trying to be even a little more conscious about where can the paintbrush get into and how do we do that so um, i'm glad you see it that way though that it's like a paint by numbers that's a great like description <laughs> That's just how I feel. And, but I also, you know, there are going to be people that just grab it and they're like, I think this guy is Caucasian. He's got yeah. big scars. He's got, a, you know, black hair and a black beard and they're going to paint it. And they're going to be happy as hell with it that way. I, I went into it, it with, I, I went into it with the, the um, intention of like, I want to pop every detail of this sculpt um, because I appreciate the artistry of the sculpt. That's so and, cool you'd say. And, and that's you. that's that's what I went into it with the mindset of, you know. And I mean it helps that you and I have have, have gotten to a point where we talk all the time. You know, we've yes. gotten to be friends, we've gotten to be buddies totally. where we talk and and we've yep. thrown ideas off of each other and we've talked about yeah. random like going way back to our conversation here. I know how you started getting into stuff. Yeah. We, we we talked about that oh, and, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> right. and actually it was funny because we had a weird parallel in that too with uh you you used to paint skateboards yeah and when you told me that i told you i used to aggressive inline 
Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, that was just another yep. side dialogue that wasn't even really toys. It was just life. And, and, yeah. and you know, we had that parallel and stuff like that. Um, where, did the, where, where did the creative roots happen? You know, it's kind of interesting to find out those kind of things. It's, it's amazing where it takes you. Yeah. You got to watch it. it. You got to follow it. You got to follow it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's really, really cool. Um, well, and like, and then, you know, ultimately what brings us, in this community is just the passion for uh, collecting and appreciating things that a lot of times it's nostalgia based. I, I find yeah. a lot of people have a nostalgia from a favorite toy or a favorite cartoon or something that for they sure. grew up with, that they have fond memories of from childhood and stuff like that. That being said, before I get bombarded with three questions that I have to somehow figure out how to answer. And I'm really nervous about, I'm going to ask you, <laughs> what are some of yeah. your favorite toy lines and stuff that you're collecting right now outside uh, well mythic legions is going to be number one you know right now i just fantasy fantasy just goes back so far clash of the titans you know when i first saw clash of the titans you know and i thought that you know even star wars i saw um uh, a new hope in 77 you know my dad took me there um i remember the line wrapped around the the movie theater i saw mere opening night of uh, a new hope uh, leading up to that was, um, I'm going to get into my toy lines here in just a sec, but leading up to that, I was drawing TIE fighters on, you know, newspapers when I was, you know, five years old or so. I was, that, that was all I could draw was a circle, two lines, the two lines, like that's all I could draw. And then it just really sparked that. So um, Star Wars uh, will always have um, a soft spot in my heart because it just takes me back to my very early creative days. Um, I don't have many. I don't have many uh, Black series though, believe it or not. Um, just I feel like my uh, direction where my heart is was fantasy. And so seeing uh, Mythic Legions, I was like sold right away. So I would say they're my number one right now. Um, I'm really into the um, um, the 40K, McFarland 40K, Warhammer 40K, Space yeah. Marine stuff. Um, I My painting background comes from 40K miniatures. So I have a reason why I'm liking these lines because it takes me back those days you know when you have something like um i mean how could you not be inspired by the the ones that aren't look at no heads yeah. a lot of my figures have no heads in my displays because i'm working on prototypes i have a, because you're uh, like i want to put my my version yeah. on it yeah yeah and these and these uh these blanks these uh like test they kind of look like test shots but um these are perfect for it so i'm kind of into these uh the mcfarland um space marines right now uh Those just cool. recently got yeah they were great just recently got into mezco um yep, super stoked about, about those guys those guys are really cool um i only have two i have the white skull right now but i also have um uh, baron benz so oh, he's, how is I've, baron benz he's cool i have a head sculpt i'm working on a custom um sculpt that i'm working on about midway through right now so kind of doing nice. mid-level design nice. on it right now oh he's it's a monster kind of sculpt it's super cool um, I have a gold skull coming too, so he's coming. Um, but as far as Joe's, I've been collecting a little bit of Joe's. I have a couple ideas with some of the um, the GI Joe stuff, but um, I would say it's, gosh, my bread and butter right now is just it's Mythic Legions, you know. And yeah. uh, I'm dab I'm dabbling in, in like I said in Mezco a little bit, but um, it's yeah, Mythic Legions is where it's at for me. I love those. Yeah, guys. I do, and you know what. what I'm saying Mythic Legions, I'm pretty excited about right now. Um, 
You go pretty far back with Mythic Legions, don't you? Are you? What, uh, what's your yeah, earliest I figure? Upon, you I have I have a lot of the Gothropolis stuff. Yeah, I love those. I have I three have birds. A, I have a, I have like the original Scarabus. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, that's really the the birds. And uh, and Scarabus was what got me into Mythic Legions because those birds are insane, dude. They don't stand for shit, but they, they don't. They're, I'm looking right now, like, they're great, they're awesome, and they really should be flight standard, all of them, because you want them in those flying and like with the flying, wings out, yeah, you know, wings out and stuff. But they're awesome, they're they're so cool. And and I and I always, um, I always just secretly wish that they'll do more birds and, oh and my god. Like, and I know there's, uh, I've heard that, um, you know, obviously I'm not close to the pulse on this, but I've heard that there's some um, some rights issues or something with the Gothropolis and the Scarabus stuff, and that's why they can't mm. do more. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you might have a little more knowledge on this, but uh, the Four Horsemen used to be four and are now three. Right. So yeah. I think that's where that probably mm. comes into play, possibly. Yeah, I, I think I heard also that uh, a lot of the uh, the steel uh, injection mold and plates were destroyed. Like something happened. I heard that too. Some, that they just can't. They have a, a couple um, figures that are available that may, you know, this is all rumored. It's nothing official, but may make an appearance. But I heard from a couple reliable sources just simply that those molds got destroyed, like rusted, destroyed. Like in, in a you know uh, just kind of a rough situation, but uh, yeah, but no, like you said, times too. yeah, those birds though. I mean, you look at when they were made and the detail, dude. I would a test shot. Could you imagine having a test shot of one of those birds? How beautiful the detail would look. Those oh, great man. test shots just show detail like that's insane. I love yeah. the birds. See, and, and what got me into those birds in the first place was um, I was collecting the um, the Maddie Collector. Masters Universe Classics line. And, you know, I was just blindly collecting this Masters of the Universe line because, you know, Motu was my my first and, and biggest, you know, fandom. And uh, at some point in time, it dawned upon me to be like, you know what, these these are so awesome and stuff. I want to know who's making them, not, you mm -hmm. know, Mattel's ah, paying mm -hmm. for it, but who's making them. And that's when I right. kind of, you know, it dawned upon me like, Oh, this this is this group of guys called the Horsemen, the Four Horsemen and stuff. And then I started like, yeah. you know, looking back at to what they've done, you know, and where they've been and what they've had their you know toes dipped into. And I'm like, shit, I have a bunch of those McFarland like, toys that <laughs> they sculpted and I love so yeah. much. And and so so I'm like, without even actually uh, consciously knowing it, I've been a Horseman fan for you know probably since they've been putting out stuff that's been mass retail. Awesome. You know, yeah. And fantasy has always been something that's been, you know, like you said, fantasy has always been something that's always just open. You brought up Clash of the Titans. The first thing I was like, oh, Peter O'Toole. And I started Bur Burgess Meredith. Dude. Like I started listing the actors in my head that are in that original Clash Dude. of the Titans movie right off in my head. And then, you know, it's funny being a toy collector. The next thing I went was like, there's a toy line for that Clash of the Titans that movie. And all that shit's so expensive. The classics. Yeah. Dude. Yes. Good luck. That Kraken, the, I know the Kraken is like a grail for people. For I don't have um, any of the Clash. Dude, that reminds me, I need to, I need to find some of that stuff. I need to have at least a piece of my collection. I, 
being yeah. friends with me makes you buy more toys than you'll ever I did, apparently so damn you. like i just actually <laughs> can you see the little box right here yeah what is that but inside the box is the yeah. boss fight studios bucky o'hare oh nice the top is the vintage what's the vintage the vintage bucky o'hare the playmates oh yes dude you want to know something Back in the ni- 90s, early 90s, I had a, a mini truck, like a lowered mini truck, right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't told anyone this story. On my dash, I had the classic Bucky O'Hare action figure screwed down to my dash. I had the felt, like the felt dash. You know how you did, did the, like, yeah. the, the spray stick? You did the felt dashes. Bucky O'Hare, that figure was mounted on my dash with a the, with the wood screw, a drywall screw into the dash because that was my favorite toy back then on my pickup truck. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. That's crazy you say that, yeah. That's so Whoa. cool. Well, and what you know what's weird was uh, we did an episode on the podcast with my brother because he's the one that brought Bucky O'Hare into you know our fandom. Oh, serious? Yeah, yep, because what happened was, so uh, back when we were kids, um, there was the Scholastic Book Magazine that you get like once a month, and you okay, pick yeah, yeah, books, yeah. and your parents yep. fill out the order yep, yep. form and send them the check. And you know, six to eight weeks, you get your books. Yeah. Well, my brother hated books. He hated reading. He was just not his thing. So every every book day, when everyone would get their books, he'd be sitting there with nothing. You know, he'd be like, <laughs> everyone's getting stuff, and I'm not getting anything. Yeah. Well, a little later in the run. They started putting like the VHS tapes where they'd have cartoon episodes, like three cartoon episodes on a VHS tape. And so he's looking through the thing and he's like, oh, there's cartoons? Like, mom, can I get this? You know? Yeah. And so she was like, yeah, go ahead. And it just happened to be three episodes of the Bucky O'Hare cartoon that was out. Uh... And we had never seen it because it didn't air on TV you know, regular TV. I think it was yeah. a cable thing or, you know, a cartoon network thing or something uh-huh. like that. Um, so we were like, we'd never seen it. We'd never heard of it. Um, and he got these, you know, three episodes on this VHS tape. And, you know, shortly after that, we're in a toy store, like a KB Toys or a Toys R Us or something like that. And there's the toy line. Ah. And so that's he bought. He had money from a holiday or from a birthday or something, and he bought the. You know, back then a figure was four bucks, so you know you had twenty bucks. You could buy. Yeah. You you came home with a with a, a toy haul, um, yeah. you know. So he bought the whole toy line, and we used to play with them. And he had the vehicles and stuff like that. And uh, you know that's where we got to be fans of the whole Bucky O'Hare thing. You know, later in nice. life we found out there's this whole crazy comic book. Uh, I think from the late 70s, I think it was like 77 or 79, right around the yeah, time of Star like Wars, the Bucky O'Hare. And I mean, what an LSD trip of a right. comic book, you know, and uh, but it just grew to be something that we 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 have in awesome. to, you know. So um, and it's funny because the, the vintage figures on the top of the box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. Um, the, the toys up top are yeah. my brother's vintage toys. Oh, they, <laughs> that, wow. they aren't like rebought from eBay or anything. They're, they're his. They're his. Wow. And he was Yo. like, well, you, you got the new boss fight studio ones. Yeah. He's like, do you want to display mine on top? I'm like, yes, I do. Like, yeah. Boss fight. Speaking of boss fight, those are great figures, man. You know, uh, they're, 
I'm, you know, I've been working on some 118. Did you, did you see the, uh, um, the uh, Skull Crusher, the, the Corvus um, Skull Crusher version, my 118? Did you pick up, wait, did you pick up one of those? I have The 118, no. you don't have any of my 118 scale? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it's a tiny. They're so small. Oh, that's sick. Oh, that's, I do have one. You did you send me one, one of those. Yeah, and that's the boss fight studio blank, like the black blank bodies, dude. They oh. he look as a regular size like barbarian. It works really good. It's got a good silhouette. Dude, you're gonna make me buy a Vitruvian hack just to put that head on it. <laughs> all headless. See, all my guys are headless on my shelves. Dude, I don't how Brian. How the hell am I gonna paint a one eighteenth head sculpt? you know they're easier than you think because you don't really need to do much you know it's it's just a couple colors and you you know it's it's they're a lot easier than you think i'm stressing about the details on this thing <laughs> i love that templar that on that templar body dude that looks so good i love that do you think it needs to have both shoulder paladrons though i don't think it needs to no i always love the one shoulder one shoulder kind of deal. And i mean it's appropriate that he's an axe wielding templar right absolutely with that head sculpt for sure dude yeah he looks he looks dope dude good job that looks we'll great. get there it's not done i told you you, you can't you can't yeah. judge it until i'm done with it and i totally yeah. mess it up remember i remember i love the process i love I, the process I, yes i know you do so, know the process so yeah. so so star wars and mythic legions are kind of your two big ones and warhammer mm, yeah I, I i'd say most of my energy goes into uh mythic legions though you know, yeah. I, I do Von Berg Studios full time. It's my full time thing. So um, yeah. my I have to focus on one of those things or I'll get scattered, you know, as yeah, far as it goes. So I, I try to stay as a collector. If I was just solely just collecting, I'd be all over the place. I have rooms full of stuff. But um, that's, that's as a designer, yeah, as a designer, I got to think to myself, you know, what what space can I impact? What lore can I impact the most? You know, and what can I put the most energy into? If I start doing too much stuff, I'm afraid that something might suffer as far as, um, you know, the space, the lore, I guess, yep. the, the, the mythology of what I'm doing. So I don't want to lose track of some of those things. So I try to stay in a, a certain lane or two. And like I said, I'm Mythic Legions, it's my bread and butter. I love those guys. Uh, I love the people involved. But um, I've always loved Star Wars. I just have a cool idea of these monsters um these kind of star wars characters got turned into monsters somehow i gotta work on the lore where it's not ip infringement infringement but uh yeah, it, it would be yeah. it's gonna be a tough one because character what's interesting in star wars is it's very character driven you know ip characters to come up with a whole new class because the star wars galaxy is so big right mm. it's huge so to create a new race of alien or a faction it's hard to pull that off um it's hard to pull it off because people say well where did they come from because there's so many different directions the stories go yeah and and if you want to make sense with it you have to go on an ip trail and i can't do that so it would have to be something totally original that works with an armored body right or something so um i have an, uh, one of my ideas that i've actually i might have a test scope I'm not sure where it's at, but I have a test prototype. It's a stormtrooper helmet. 
it's a monster trooper and it's it's biomechanical so it's all it's a stormtrooper with um all the vents are tentacle like uh intakes like an octopus would have like the the ventricles mm -hmm. or whatever it's going to be are you know the little slits on the stormtrooper helmet and the breathing those are actually intake tubes for um uh, these exit ports in the back that have like a, these uh squid like those tubes where they breathe the, the their jets yeah and he's got two tentacles that wrap around so the big uh the the tube kind of things on the stormtrooper helmet that come down the sides those are actually kind of fat tentacles that come down in front oh. <laughs> so it's a full-on monster version of a stormtrooper so i was going to do something where well, it doesn't make total sense to have that on an armored body, just a head. So what I was going to do was a, like a, a duo where it was a tentacle arm and headpiece combo where the head would go or the arm would go onto the body. And so it's showing like a mutation of two stage mutation, I guess. Okay. So that's something I'm kind of working on, but it still kind of rides that line on, you know, what's, what's safe to do in <laughs> the yep. IP yep. realm. Yep. So, um, but yeah, no, but Star Wars, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's close to my heart, you know, but uh, right now it's mainly uh, Mythic Legions for sure. Yeah. So, so on the, on the tune of, um, not to detract from one or the other, but yeah. on the tune of Star Wars, you obviously are, you know, watching and all caught up with Mandalorian, I'm sure. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and you, you love that? Yeah, I did. How do you feel about the last three movies? Um, you know, I, I don't think they're the greatest, you know, for me, you know, I, you know, I come from the, I come from the purest of pure, you know, Star yeah, Wars. I, I saw it not yeah. even the whole thing. And so, um, as soon as Return of the Jedi was done, I was done. You know, that was it. You know, that I didn't really need to see anymore. And I was kind of done when, you know, when the prequels came out, uh, Clone Wars, stuff like that. Um, I wasn't overly excited. What I was excited about is hearing some of the stories you know, what was really happening in Clone Wars because there's a lot of speculation. The, that, those stories weren't even written yet of what the Clone Wars, it was mentioned. You know, Obi-Wan mentioned it in Star Wars, but you're like, what is the Clone Wars? Is it literally a clone? Like someone that looks like something? You just didn't know what it meant. And so yeah. hearing the story and seeing it play out, um, I thought was pretty interesting. So um, coming into the last movies, I thought there was a lot of um, greatness, kind of like I was saying before about movies. Um, I think there was a lot of really cool things that happened and there was things that, didn't keep me, um, didn't feed my soul, you know, okay. in, in some of the movies, I think is probably the best description I would say. Um, now as Mandalorian fed my soul, there was something about the writing of it. Maybe not all the content was the best in the world, but there was something about the gunslinger vibe that took me back to star Wars that had yep. that feel of, um, I don't know. It was, it was like, here's Mando that doesn't even know what a Jedi is, really. He didn't, he never, it was like these, these, these wizards, like, oh, who are these wizards with laser swords? I'm like, yes, let's not have that element in, in the movie at all. What if someone was never exposed to it? Because not everyone knows what a Jedi is. There wasn't that many of them out there. And they were yeah. so high level with certain situations at that scale, you wouldn't really see them. And so there were some decisions that, you know, John Favreau made that I thought was really great, you know, in the, in that space. And it really touched, like it was, it was definitely soul food, <laughs> you know, yeah. for me uh, watching that. Whereas the, you know, going back to the, the last three movies, um, there were, hmm, there was just, it just didn't reach me at, at all times. What about you? Like, what, what would you say about the, I can't the, the stand words? 
the the yeah. new ones. The newest ones, you know, um, what was it? Force Awakens was fun. Like it had a fun factor in it. And then it just signed, it seemed like for me where they, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you in that sense too. I hate to say failed where it didn't feed or nurture what I wanted out of Star Wars. Right. The, the, the character development was either non-existent or rushed because they realized mm-hmm. it was non-existent. So I didn't grow attachment to these characters. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you and I, as, as old Star Wars, original Star Wars yeah. fans, we can't believe that Ray can just have a fight montage and learn how to be this Jedi that can beat a Sith Lord. Like, that's yeah. an issue for us because we yeah. were taught in the original three, that can't happen that way. Mm-hmm. Like, there has to be, it was, we live in a world right now, in the era we live in right now, we're in a generation of feed it to me fast. If you have to leave yep. out some details, it's fine because now it's on yep. your plate. We don't care if, mm-hmm. you, if you enjoy the meal, that's fine. If you love the meal, we probably spent too much time on it. Right. And it seems like we get force fed that a lot. Um, yeah. Mandalorian seems like, like you said, it seems like they worked harder to feed the 77, 79, and 81 guys, the guys yeah. that saw that original trilogy. And uh, to that same tune, we've talked about this many times. I love the original three. My favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One. Hmm. Because out Rogue of, One, out of all of them, out of all of them, because mm. traditionally I would say New Hope is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm no, I'm the oddball because everyone's like either Empire, or, you know, Return, mm-hmm. but I love the New Hope because the New Hope for me is that pure like you're flirting with some fantasy elements. You're yep. flirting with the aspect of this could exist. This we're, we're not mm-hmm. going to take a deep dive look at it yet. But before that, it's it's this this buddy system adventure film. Yeah. And and, and I really enjoy that. Um, Rogue One just enhances that so <laughs> well. Like Rogue One is good one movie. of the new age Star Wars things that yeah. I think was a great addition. Yep. Yeah. Was a great tack Fantastic on. job. Yeah. I agree. And and just the storytelling, it felt like I was watching an old Star Wars movie when I watched Rogue One. I wasn't yeah. watching the bells and whistles and the like overly done CGI and the, you know, and to, again, that's artistry that someone spent <coughs> yeah. their personal artistry and love on. So I appreciate it for that. But, yeah. you know, you can look at two different paintings and one speaks to you and one is just not your vibe. It doesn't mean that yeah. you think that this person is less talented. It's mm-hmm. just not what speaks to your personality. 100%. Uh, and that's um, what I think that answering the question about the latest movies, it just didn't didn't have that reach for me. And you know what? But you look at some younger kids that are looking at those movies and stuff as first time Star Wars fans. Yeah, they love them. Oh, for it's sure. Brought for new, sure. It's done but the you know, job for us. You remember for us, you know, when when one, one movie ended, we weren't going to see another movie for what, a couple of years. <laughs> it was like, dude, when Han Solo got taken off by Boba Fett, I was like, am I yeah. ever going to see what happens? Like, that's it. It just nope. that's the worst cliffhanger ever. But I'll tell you what got me hooked was was a new hope was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Fantasy. That is fantasy. That's mythology. And so yep. that's what got me into mythology. It's like 
this could have happened somewhere yeah. else, yeah. not on this planet, but somewhere else a long time ago. Wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute. A long wait, future space a long time ago. Oh, it could have started way earlier in a different galaxy. Then, it, as an artist, you're thinking. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now, dude. I, I, I wish I could show you, but I'm just <laughs> thinking about the processing that happened. When you think about that, you're like, that's mythology. Now, yeah. that's one reason why I gravitated more towards Star Wars than I did Star Trek. Because Star Trek was science fiction of the future of humankind, right? There was a limitation for me for my imagination. This is just me speaking personally, was I could only go so far out of that lane, right? But Star Wars was like, whoa. Somewhere else, there's that fantasy. There's the Conan movie. There's the, there's, you know, um, Clash of the Titans. There's Beastmaster. There's all these movies now that are come together based on that mythology. And maybe that's yeah. why I gravitate so much to Mythic Legions. Because yeah. it goes right back to that moment a long time ago. Not too yeah. far, far away. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's what did it. Well, it's funny that you, you're, you know, you're like, you brought up, uh, Yeah. This, this is a safe zone for bashing Star Trek because that's oh, the boy. one like, continuity that I'm like, I just can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it for what it's worth. I'm not like slandering their fans. I'm not slandering yeah. you know, people that played it and stuff like that. It, yeah. You know how when someone tells me, if someone says describe Star Trek the easiest you can, I would say it's a ship full of guys that avoid every conflict they can with actually getting to. <laughs> Dude, because <laughs> I don't know how many times as a kid I was like, "This is spaceships. This is you know, this is like aliens and stuff like that." Yeah, and I and they'd be like, "Oh, look on our radar, we we see that there's an alien ship," and then they talk through the speakers to them, and then they'd be like, "Well, we're gonna avoid that fight." Yeah, and then I watch another episode. I want to see the cool aliens on the other ship. Yeah, I was that yeah. kid. Like, I don't yeah. want to have it be a conversation and maybe get to see one of them on the screen come up and threaten them. And then they were like, well, we're just going to, you know, political campaign our way through this. Like, that was just not me. For some people, yeah. it's great, you know, and that, and that to each their own. But yeah. Me, I was like, I want to see that new character. I want to see that new alien. I yeah. want to see that new species. Um, and that's why I think I was so big, like, man, look at all the wild crap we got from Masters of the Universe. It was constant. I mean, Ninja Turtles. Like, yeah, an animal make a character. Yep. Oh, and Mythic Legions can kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Giving us these factions of all these different um, species and races. And, yeah. And, and more to come. More to come. You know, I think you're breaking up a little bit. And the go. thing is, is you know they just announced what Cosmic Legions. Yeah. There so we now go. we're going to get that whole realm of like what you know, is in the horsemen's heads for, you know, space and, and space creatures. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think it's, it's yeah, totally. And I think um, with that whole, having that imagination kind of explode, like what's next. And, you know, I think with star Wars going back to that was there was such a big gap between the movies that a lot of my, my mind would just go race. Like what was next? What was, what kind of creatures are we, you know, the cantina scene. When I first, I remember first watched the cantina scene. I just, my mind was blown, blown to see all the kinds of creatures that were in there. Like yeah. what more are there? Like what are, what are, what are their stories? And some of them had their own stories later on, which is pretty amazing. And mm -hmm. um, that's one thing I loved about, uh, I wasn't, 
I can't say I was the uh, the greatest fan of the last episode of Mandalorian. Um, just, you know, CGI aside from Luke, you know, the idea I thought was cool. Um, but I think, um, I think Django going back to the Hutt's palace was pretty cool. And I just, I yeah. liked that. And it was a cool segue for the next uh, shows, but uh, it just took me back to Jedi. And I was like, okay, this is fun. And it, it really kind of, you know, scratched that itch a little bit. And, you know, it's kind of weird. I think about this too, going back about star wars and why i gravitated more towards that than star trek because star trek was you know when did that come out what 60s i mean that was the 60s show yeah yeah so i definitely my brother's into star trek so i definitely and he's much older than i am but um there could have been definitely an influence there but i think there was something about you know being that young i love the rebel fight and i think that's what made me become the skate kid you know skate punk rocker in the 80s and, yeah. and whatever and, and drawing skulls on you know trench jackets for my friends and making yeah. side money on t-shirt drawing with sharpies you know on sharpies on grip tape and stuff like that because i think it was that rebel fight against the norm thinking that you're i don't know it was weird i think that had uh something to say about my growing up was being an underdog right and i love yeah. that fight of being an underdog <laughs> it was such an interesting transformation as an artist because you know, as an artist, you kind of are the underdog, like growing up is being an art, an artist, a viable job. No, you know, that's the way it was viewed as, oh, get a real job, you know, or I was told in school, if you spent more time with your math or this than drawing, you could become, you know, this. I'm like, really? Look at me now. You know, I'm being, I'm being an artist. I'm doing what I was doing yeah. as a school. And it's like, it's such an interesting, you, you still fought against that, you know, big picture, whatever they, you know, the society thought was right or supposed to be and you were rebelled against as an artist and so maybe that's why maybe that's why star wars and a new hope was such a you know i hold that one close to my to my heart as well because it was that fight to be you know break free from something i don't know maybe yeah, i'm diving but, too deep yeah. into it but we're having the psychology we're having like a psychology session here this is yeah. going to be our little <laughs> this this uh, you know every single episode of this uh, very young podcast it's never stayed on the rails yeah, it, totally. it never stays on the rails it's always yeah. all over the place and and i think that's what makes it fun anyways because you For bring sure. on people that have all these unique uh, individual experiences and ideas and and you know we base it in the realm of collecting and toys and in comic yeah. books and cartoons and video games and all that stuff and and then um what makes those things fun is how they 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 reach how they speak to each individual person yeah and myself you know what even on the few the very few episodes where it's just me talking about something that i really like or that i enjoy mm -hmm. or something like that that's all it is is it's just like how those things affect that individual and how that individual changed or yeah. grew or adapted because of those yeah. influences and i appreciate and i really appreciate this opportunity that you're given me, oh, you know to to talk about because, you know, you don't really have a platform very often to really get to know who I am as a designer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I might be able to do like a little blurb about why I created this head. Here's a, a bio um, around it. And you'll, you'll learn about me in comments and Facebook or things like that. But, you know, people don't get to know, you know, about me growing up and why I was, you know, influenced as an artist by Star Wars or whatever. So I think having this opportunity to tell that story is fun for me to go back. Yeah. Reflex. I get to relive that again. So I yep. do appreciate having that opportunity to do that. And then maybe... Maybe it's interesting to some of the fans of, you know, of my work to say, oh, okay, I get the meaning behind some of this stuff now. It's, it means more to me now that I own one of these pieces, that it's not just some guy cut and pasting different things. And here you go, here's a piece, but actually comes from a space that's pretty special to me. 
And yeah. I'm very, um, very articulate about uh, why I produce the things that I'm doing. So I thank you for having me oh. here to be able to have the platform to talk about it. It's a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Like I, I, I typically, when I ask someone to come hang out and talk and stuff, it's because I've connected with them already. And I know that the dialogue is going to be easy and free flowing nice. and, and, and they're a person that, that that's fun. You know, you know, here on, on the, the point of the podcast is it's almost partially a selfish endeavor because it's like sweet i get to go hang out and talk to someone that you know i get along with and that i have fun talking totally to and, totally. and get to grow uh the relationship that i have yeah. with them with it's just that incidentally i'm going to share it with other people because i feel like it's interesting enough that they yeah. want to you know hang out and listen to it because they're interested in the same types of topics yeah. that we're going to talk about. I mean, we've already gone on a crazy journey already you know, even before we started recording, I mean, the, some of the stuff we were talking about till now, I mean, holy shit, dude, we've gone everywhere. different galaxies. Oh, we've been everywhere. going ev- all, of, all, all over the place. It's pretty awesome. You know what? So, before, yeah, oh, go before ahead. Before I forget, let's get into, let's get into the questions. Oh, all right. Here's the I question. Have, yes. Oh, I'm God, go I feel the you. pressure, man. Dude, I'm telling you. This Hang is on, let me get fans. stronger. This is for your fans, too. It's not just for you. This is going to be for your fans. So you're a little more pressure absolutely. on you because, because but, of that. Absolutely. That's the pressure. I want to, I want to do them well. And, you know, before you do this real quick, going back to it, yeah. the other privilege of this too is, is, you know, it, it's that community of helping each other grow. So you get to be totally. out here talking and stuff. And, you know, just like the other day when you got featured on uh, the horseman page, I instantly yeah. threw it up because I was so happy for you. And I was like, yeah, I want thanks, people man. that follow me to be able to see like, Hey, this is this is my, this is my dude. This is my bro. Like he he got nice. featured. This is a shining moment for him. Go check him out. Like go give him Thank some you. love and stuff like that. And that's how this community grows. This is how this yeah. community gets better. This is how the community is stronger. So I mean, I'm sure that you know when you say, "Hey, I was on the Childhood of the Wolf podcast." Yeah. Some of your people are going to come over and check it out. And be like, yeah. "That guy's an idiot," but maybe no. he's a little bit fun and and uh check out some of my stuff and, and it's just that whole circle of life you know and that's yeah. what's great about the kind For of sure. media that we have at our fingertips now yeah hey hold on just a second okay i gotta well, take a step away just for a second here i'll pause it we're good yep all right is it recording it's recording and everyone heard yes. that so who cares um we're good back job. we took a quick break no worries yep. dogs barking all kinds of people having to pee Old man okay, syndrome. People, Either way, old, we won't guess. People that guess are old, older souls than they should be being. <laughs> yeah. But we left That's off right. with uh, right. uh, Brian's got his uh, his giveaway questions. Yeah, you know, I got two. I couldn't come up with the third one. I was I'm going to be easy on you this time. So it's going to be two questions. But still stressful. This is for the fans. This is for your fans. So what's going to happen is. You get these right for each one you get right. I'm going to send you some stuff and then you're going to be able to offer it as a giveaway for your fans. So awesome. Um, however you Thank choose. You. Pre- I appreciate that. You're so doing much, this. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, so it's all on your shoulders, man. This is all on you. First question. Are you ready for this? No. <laughs> so <laughs> as you can see, I'm actually turned around. This is my, uh, studio behind me my monitors and everything so i had to turn around and face the opposite direction and put a stool in front of me a seating stool that goes at our bar in our kitchen on top of that stool i had to place a box okay 
on that box is where my laptop is sitting on. This box was one of the boxes that came in my all-star three wave of Mythic Legions. What box is holding my laptop up from my stool? And I went all in on the um, all-star three. All what box? So you need to- I, I need have to... a box on top of a stool. You need to Sorry. guess the box. What figure, action figure box, is holding my laptop up from the stool to keep it at the height that it is? I went all in. On okay, so it's a wave. single. It's a single figure holding up your laptop. It's the troll. Figure box. It is the troll. You got it. first one. All right. Yes, you got it. Number one. We actually already down. talked about that. I knew you got the first troll. <laughs> yep. Good job. Okay. We talked about trolls. Question number two for the second prize. Second prize is going to be. Can you guess? what my favorite faction is for Mythic Legions. Just from what you know of me, just by just by knowing the sculpts that I do, it's probably obvious down to two factions. But what is what do you think my favorite faction is in Mythic Legions? I'm so torn on this, Brian. We talk so much about Mythic Legions. I, I, bet, you, I, I, bet, I bet you are. I'm so sorry. I'm. So, I'll, I'll tell you okay. what. Since 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 I think I since I think you would think it'd be down to two. I'm going to give you two guesses. See, so I'm, you got one I'm, to burn. You got one to burn right now. I'm I'm torn between. <laughs> can I tell you what I'm torn between? Okay. I'm torn between. Sure. You, vampire, but you have to. But you have to I'm, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell you what. It, I'm torn between vampire and barbarian. Hmm. You're so I'm not trying to say anything. You got to decide. You got to decide. Think do I about gain a what point I do. back if you think can't about... guess mine? Because you know mine. Oh yeah, I would have to imagine this. I'm just going to guess it. It would have to be. Uh, it would have to be. Uh, well, barbarian's not a legion, or not a faction. It would be. Uh, um, oh. Do you need another hint? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, <laughs> but just think uh, about think about all the stuff that I'm doing. Think about all the the okay. If you between those two, what? Dan, knowing you love fantasy studio? so much, I know it's not going to be something boring like the House of the Bear or um, Leodiceus. Uh, and and, mm. and you know we don't typically talk you're right. about el you're right. elves elves and like xylonas flock mm -hmm. very much right look judging by just by my sculpts how does my studio look behind me what do you think it would be like who would live here in this room with me what kind of things can i live in the dark a room because <laughs> I'll, no. I'll do some nice drawings <laughs> for you if you want to sculpt them. <laughs> drawings? <laughs> do some drawings? Oh. It's got to be vampires. I got to go vampires. You got it. You got it. I mean, All right, man. you know what sold me is because I have this head sculpt, the Van Grayson. Like, he's yeah. a monster hunter. And I mean, yes. to the, me, that speaks like you wanted the good guy to fight your your favorite faction yeah yeah 
exactly. I mean, I'm not trying to put sure. words in your mouth, but that's yeah, that's how I am. Oh, yeah, this character. Yes, no, I am. You're right. You got it. You nailed it. <laughs> yep, they're great. They're great. You know, yeah, what? I love the vampires. And, and, I have, I have them all. I have them all. Right when you know, right when you, uh, right when you presented the question, I instantly went vampires. But then, of course, because you're on the spot, you're, you know, there's the pressure of the game. I'm like second guessing myself, and I'm like, no, I know that. Like, this is something I should be confident about. We've yeah. talked enough about this. We've, you know, yeah. Um, my close second is uh, Necromundus, the skeletons. I was That's gonna like say my... skeleton. I was like, kind of, because I was looking at my case right here, and I was like, yeah. what is Brian like in my case? Like, yeah. what, like. They're, the and, uh, they're a very, really close second. Now, my all-time favorite figure, which I don't even have, um, it was actually on the Four Horsemen, the customizer's corner page on the interview they did for me, um, is Ilgar. I don't have Ilgar. Um, really? So that's one I don't, and that's kind of like one of my grail figures I need to get one of these days. I just, I just can't find him. I can't find him at a reasonable price. And But yeah, he's it's hard definitely... It's because that second market on Mythic Legions is, is nuts. Unbelievable. But yeah, that's... Well, I told that, you... So, Jenna got me two of my grail pieces for Christmas which this year. Are, which ones are they? I got uh, uh, Attila, Leo Sear. Oh, dude. Wow. And and uh, Sir Gideon Heaven's brand. Amazing. Yeah. That's insane, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, Those are beautiful like, figures. One of the craziest Christmas gifts. Like, she went all in, like, searching for them and, like, knowing that they were, like, legion grail pieces oh for sure for I anyone mean, i mean even so, even if you're not a big fan of those factions you know i mean those are beautiful figures and Great me, ones. like you know i hear a lot of people that are like oh i love the gideon with his like mask up and that mustache and i'm like no the helmet is so good it's gotta mm -hmm. be down it's like it's so good that down it's like and to, for me and was it Advent of Decay that we got uh, uh, Gwendolyn Heaven's brand? Mm, right. I feel like she's a very underrated Legion's figure. That that's mm -hmm. the first time we saw that female head sculpt for that character. That head sculpt, that female head sculpt. Yeah. Oh my god. It's it's a good one. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. It makes you yeah. go back to the whole Motu Classics line and go from the Horseman's hands and them sculpting those female figures. And those mm -hmm. female faces, what did Mattel and Super 7 do down the production line to mess up those faces? <laughs> because some of those, so, and, and you know, it's not the horseman's fault. It's not even necessarily Super 7 or Mattel's fault. Yeah. But something happened from that initial sculpt mm -hmm. um, that the horseman did on some of those He-Man female characters to production mm -hmm. that something went wonky. Where mm -hmm. we don't see that with horsemen producing their own line they show us a prototype and we get that prototype right it seems like the path is different the path was different to to those yeah i can totally i get it so with being a vampire fan how like i i mean with with no way to be less graphic <laughs> or vulgar yeah. yeah how much did you fill your shorts when you saw the alithia wave Oh fuck, dude! <laughs> dude, the soft goods and everything that they did was just insane. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, and it's like, "Gosh, you had those moments." People were saying, "You know, is is uh, Mythic League just going to continue? You know, are they going to continue?" Because there's been such a gap in in ways, and is there, all all the speculation, 
you know, when something like this comes out, you know, you're just like, they're in, man. I mean, look at this stuff. It's, um, dude, they were so good. I was so... How many people took that original Baron Volgar after they saw the new one and was like, because eh. <laughs> like yeah. that new Baron Volgar, stupid, it's insane, it's nuts. And I mean, like, just you know, for me, you know, it's weird. And some people might not be on board with this. Um, this is where my you know imagination takes me. They're like, oh, look at this, look at these mounts. These are moose. These giant moose. Mm-hmm. I have two coming from the horsemen and then later regretted that I didn't order more. And I'm like, I'm probably going to order a couple more off of Big Bad Toy Store. When they showed the size of that moose, like the, the span of those horns, I was like, whoa. And then, wait, was it on one of your podcasts you were talking about uh, doing Santa Claus? No. Yep. Was that you? That- Dude, yep. my mind was blown when take you a, said that. Take a like, dwarf what? and just yes. go at it with paint and... Dude, yeah, that's such a great idea. I got one of the test shots of the horses. The um, the I got the test shot of one of the horses. Yeah, the from when they did the uh, uh, install sale. Yeah, I got oh. the Arthur horse. Dude, sorry, it's right. How, how stoked that the Arthur himself. Yes. Nuts. Oh, look at that. That thing is so sick. That's yeah, Arthur's that... horse, right? Yep. Yep. Oh my. Yeah, I was lucky. Wow. I was in and out. I, I did the thing where you just I knew what I wanted. I hopped in, carted it, bounced. Yep. That was it out. It sold out in seconds. I, I think there was one... ten. I ten of them, one... I think. Go ahead. Ten? I think there was like maybe ten of them available, yeah. Holy shit. That's sweet. That's some good luck too. Something like that. I, I, I could be wrong, but I heard there was only like 10. But. Dude, that's like trying yeah. to buy G.I. Joe's in pre-order. Oh, shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> vaporized. You want, you, you it's wanna, just called va- vaporized. Yeah. Do you, do you want to hear something gross? What's up? I have six Vipers. Really? Yeah. How'd you get, how'd you get that? Do you have a hookup? Nope, I just bought them in the store. Really? Yeah. yeah. Those things are like grail figures right now. I have a firefly too from the yeah. store. Whoa. I, I literally straight up like I went to the Target and they were like, we have them, they're in the back, but we're doing a reset, so we're not gonna go grab them. And I'm like, do I need to ask Whoa. a manager to go grab them? Oh dude. And they were like, Oh, we got them. Oh, that's amazing. Me and Jenna, we fought with them so bad. Like not even like rude or like you know but it was like this is a sale for your store a yeah. sale for your store that isn't someone that wants to scalp this or you know that wants it for their collection for their enjoyment that yeah. patrons your store to yeah. to spend money in your store at, at a business that's local to us to support the economy of, for sure of, of of this area and your store and, and that's saying, what they wanted to hear we have it no <laughs> yeah my airpods are gonna die here in a second so i'm gonna if i have to i'm gonna switch over to my okay. uh my laptop speakers and mic so Good deal. just um, you know. so so um going all the way back because we got sidetracked as this this is what we do <laughs> um yeah giveaway 
So you're sending yep. some stuff out? Yep, I'm sending some stuff to you. I got a couple little packages coming your way. Well, one package, but a couple prizes in there for you that you can hook up with your fans. I don't know how you're going to oh, do yeah. that. It could be, a, could be an Instagram thing or whatever you like to do. But yeah, I'll, I'll okay. send some stuff your way and then cool. uh, roll it out to however you want to do it, man. Sweet. Um, you know what I, I, you know, if it's cool with you, what I'd like to do, because I would like to also continue to, to put um, the people that are following the podcast that are feeling following like our Instagram and stuff like that. Um, I'd like to be able to post them, tag you, and I'll come up with some kind of contest thing. Um, so that, uh, you know, it, your participation is known like this, so that, that people can come and check out your great work and just, you know, All right. um, yeah. support you too. So, uh, we'll do something to that effect. I'll try to come up with a, a, a you know, we'll talk, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, I'll come up with some kind of idea where, you know, they have to, uh, come check out your stuff too, as well, because I would like. I would like for it could be an, to, it could be an Instagram thing too, where you just send yeah, people to like my Instagram page. In. I'm I'm getting close to a thousand. <laughs> I'm getting close to I'm at nine mid nine hundred something. So that thousand mark would be pretty pretty sweet. So maybe we can work something into that. I don't know. Yeah, we can work on something like that too. Yeah, we'll we'll you and I talk. We'll we'll discuss. We'll figure it out. Um, we'll figure it out. But yeah, that would be cool. Um, you know what I'm going to throw in there? Mm. And I, I'm going to throw this in there too. But wait, or there's the more people that are listening to the podcast that follow yep. the Instagram that do all that stuff. Um, I'm not the most talented at it, but if they have no desire to try to paint something, if it's unpainted, mm. I'll throw in that I'll paint it for them too. Oh shit. That's killer. If, if it's, if it's unpainted, I, I don't know what the prices are. We'll leave it a surprise mm. until it shows up. Yeah, it will be unpainted. Um, it is unpainted? Yes. All right. So if you're listening to the podcast, or if you check out the Instagram, we'll post it there or whatever, and we'll put the, that stuff info in the description. Um, if you are not a painter or not comfortable or confident with painting, I will post some pictures of the stuff I have painted. Nice. If you like that, I will. if you win, I will also paint it for you. That's amazing. And wow, we can talk about job, how dude. you want it painted. I will try to paint it to your wow. desire. Jeez. That's I'm not killer, the most dude. talented. You're not getting top tier painting. But, but the getting... effort behind it, dude. Wow. Yeah, That's but I will awesome. do that for for the people that are hanging out that show uh, the podcast and Brian oh, cool. some love on it. Like that, awesome, that, That's dude. my deal that I will throw in to sweeten the pot. Cool. That's great. Otherwise, I'm just yep. going to throw in a Marvel Legends Hound Ninja, too, because I have a gazillion <laughs> of them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, nice. yeah, so, so, yeah, we'll do that. I will, uh, I'll throw in the, uh, I'll throw in the paint if you want. If it's something that nice. someone wants, I, I will, I will throw that in. No, oh, they'll want it. They should, they should want that. Well. That's killer. There, there's other people <laughs> out there. That I probably. like what you're doing, man. I like what you're doing. So, hey. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um. So that, that just puts more pressure on me to finish painting the shit that I got. So that I can show <laughs> off at it. At there you go. That's good. And it's finished good. state. Um, for sure. For, yeah, absolutely. So the, the I guess uh, as we're, we're coming upon getting up there, we've been, we've been going, man. But this is how, I know. This is, that means it was fun, right? I mean, I that means it. it's, it's easiest. Um, yeah. So here's the other thing that I'm going to announce to uh, the podcast listeners that, 
you know, we're starting to slowly work our way into the YouTube realm. We're not doing anything super high production value yet. It is kind of a compliment to the podcast. Um, so what I want to announce is last weekend we had an event happen. Uh, and actually Jenna was part of this too. You guys hear me talk about Jenna all the time. You never get to see her on camera yet. <laughs> we haven't posted any Zooms to YouTube yet, but you, if you follow my personal Instagram, you know who Jenna is and stuff like that. Um, something happened in our in our lives a weekend ago. And uh, that thing was something that people have pressured me into doing um, for almost as long as I've been a fan of anything fantasy, um, you know, call it nerd if you want. Um, finally, we succumbed to that pressure and we played our first... Uh, our first game of Dungeons and Dragons. That's so that amazing. Being, that being said, we walked away from that first couple hour session of Dungeons and Dragons. And I got a text at work one night from my wife that says, I fell asleep and I woke up and I had a dream about playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, so I think it's safe to say we had a blast and are potentially addicted already after one small quest. <laughs> um, so on that note, our plan going into the future is to post our game sessions on YouTube. Nice. Um, there will be a content warning because it gets routed. <laughs> um, I already, we already have the mature content rating on the podcast, so I can tell you this. The first character I created was an elf named Yira's Cack Slayer. <laughs> she is a uh, oh, beer-swilling, bar-fighting, um, sex advocate <laughs> <laughs> who's been known to do uh, rails of powdered mushroom off of dwarf penis. Whoa. Yeah, it's intense. Um, <laughs> so if that gives you any hint at the content of what our Dungeons & Dragons game is like, that is what you'd be viewing on YouTube when it has come to uh, fruition on there. Um, I actually have a little fun thing. This is my original drawing of my character. Oh, wow, dude. That's amazing. That's killer. Um, so it, it, it gets pretty mature content. Yeah. But I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I think oh. my hope for it is that people that maybe think, oh, D&D is too nerdy for me or too complicated for me or this or that, that they will see how we play and how much we have fun playing with the rules of Dungeons and Dragons as more of a guideline than a rule book <laughs> and see how fun that just the adventure that we can have as friends playing this game together. That's pretty cool. Um, would be. So that's our hope for posting on YouTube. Nice. And uh, before we started recording, we had some uh, conversation that maybe Brian would be down to join us on some hey, of those. I'm inspired. I'm inspired. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. I had perfect. To pop, I, had to, I had to pop out the, the AirPods. So, dude, I'm inspired because you know what? When I make my toy runs down the uh, Target aisles, I cross that essentials kit every time I'm thinking, hmm. And, you know, I didn't really know. Uh, at the time just seeing it if that was enough for me to get into it so it sounds like it might be that might be enough to get started so and we talked uh, about the app too 
in the app. Right. So no, I'm, I'm inspired, man. That'd be fun. You might see me on, on this um, lewd and crude bard's tale of Dungeons and Dragons that's happening. You better, you better start planning out creating your rowdy character. That's probably more foul mouth than fantasy pretty soon here, because I, I, I'm going to hold you to that because I think you'd, uh, I think you'd really, the, the group we have is so ready to play for the fantasy storytelling. Nice. And so ready to be, um, you know, having a few drinks and getting loose with it and saying yeah. whatever we want. Like the, the language barrier is horrendous. It That's is, um, it, it, it's about a group of people that love fantasy that maybe don't have the, what do we call it? Don't have the attention span to stick to learning the crazy rules of it. Yeah. Let's still enjoy that world. So we're going to make it our own. And, and I think that's the important forward. thing. That's the important thing is that you have fun with it, right? If you, if you try to get too hardcore, sometimes it's, it takes the fun. Like, okay, what page do I need to flip to, to get to this point or to do? Oh, okay. You know, I think some gets lost. And if you can, you never know, it might evolve into something more hardcore. You know, you never know. It could lead yeah. the, to start off. I think having it loose is really important. Well, and I, I don't, I don't, you know, you've said it's been a while since you've played. Long um, time. Uh, fifth edition graph paper. graph paper and i don't know do they still do character sheets redraw you your yep little square yep. oh dude yep. okay that's awesome <laughs> um the the thing is is though like how i understand it because like i said i'm brand new to this this is a brand new venture for me um how i understand it fifth edition which is i think the current edition okay uh, I, I think you know i could be totally wrong um, that's the edition that's most commonly out there right now that you can find in bookstores and stuff like that. Um, when you're level one through five, it's more like a survival horror. Like there's a pretty good chance you're going to be creating a new character pretty quickly because you're nice. very underpowered and it's, yeah, you have to, you have to get good roles. And, and I'll tell you from our first venture, which we recorded, so it could potentially end up on YouTube. Um, my character was probably the best fighter we had when we were actually in fights. Yeah. It showed up like three three rounds after the fight started every single time because I had shit rolls. Yeah. And and I mean I had to I had to do a life-saving roll the first chapter. <laughs> so I mean you you if you're gonna go into the new edition, like prepare yourself a couple characters because it's nice. pretty safe to say they can I'm inspired. I'm inspired to pick up that kit just to get it, open it up. And just feel it. You know, I just feel the oh, magic yeah. of opening that box. Because, dude, I, I, you know what's interesting? To tell you the truth, uh, my first miniature back in the early 80s was the Crusader. Okay. It was a knight, and he had a shield with a cross on it. And my character profile, because I couldn't draw that well at the time, all I drew was a shield, a simple shield with a cross on it. And that was my Crusader. <laughs> so Which is funny. That's funny. That's actually a funny parallel just between you and I. Because my favorite thing in Mythic Legions is Templars. Right, right. That's See, so that's, crazy. It's interesting, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah no, I'm excited. I'd love, I'd love to hop on board and play. Absolutely, and like I said, once we get uh, set up to play, you are you have an absolute open invitation every time. Cool. I mean, even to the point where if if you if for whatever reason scheduling doesn't work, we'll just use the app and level you up to where we're at and call it fair and we'll play. I love that. That's killer. So, awesome. Cool. Well, I suppose we're coming upon that time. Everyone's got to 
do real life stuff at this point in time. Yes, so yeah. is our escape from that. Um, yeah. Brian, I really, I truthfully, I want to thank you for everything for coming on, yeah. hanging out, being an it's awesome guest. Um, you know, the, the giveaway was something that you surprised me with today. Um, <laughs> and we reached, I appreciate that. And then, uh, yeah. hopefully, we got some fans that get some pretty cool stuff and, uh, sure. you know, show some support. Um, I just can't believe this time flew by so fast. It's over two it hours. We just yeah, you, you look at it at the time and you're like, whoa, where to go? Because that's the thing. When you're passionate about stuff, when you're willing to say like, hey, this this toy collecting, this this fiction fandom, this this stuff that we're into, you know, the normal society be like, oh, they're nerds, they're dorks, they're geeks, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're able to find like-minded people and be yeah. part of that community and share that passion and that interest, uh, I mean, even further Culture. with art and stuff like that, yeah. um, you know, you got that common ground with people. You just click, and, and when you're two open-minded people and positive people, it's just such an easy click that you know it makes time and space stand still on some level when you're enjoying conversating or talking yeah. about things you love. And it goes and back to it goes back to the whole thing of not knowing each other's name for a while. It's like it didn't matter. We it just didn't. were having a good time talking. And so I think when you find those common grounds, some of the other things that people think that matter in relationships really don't matter. Nope. If you're just having a good time and things are clicking just as human beings and have common ground, I think that's the most important thing. That's a good example of that. Yeah. And I mean, when we, when we first really, you know, just on that same tune, when we first started talking, I hadn't yet even really gone through, like, cause I was at work when I found your page. So I clicked follow. And then, I, you know, my first interactions wasn't scrolling <laughs> through your Instagram and seeing like, Oh, what does this guy look like? What, it, you know, everything yeah. there. it was yeah. just like, Oh, now we're talking. And it yeah. was like, we connected. And I was like, it didn't matter what you look like, who you were like, sure. it was like, we're on the same level here. We're, we're, yeah. we're vibing. And that's, that's all that really matters. Ass. That's that human connection. And I like that you put it that in that so sense. Cool. So, so cool. um, other than that, before we go, I know that you, uh, you, you know, with your giveaway and stuff, I guess uh, I have to hold up to my end of the bargain. I got to mm. show the back piece. Yes. Let's see it. Let's see it. Jenna, make sure I'm lined up here. Everyone screenshot this. Get ready. Where do I need to go? Oh, dude. Yeah, crouch down. Lean back. Straighten your back. Oh, there you go. Get a little closer to the camera. Whoa, dude. Whoa. That's amazing. You know what's cool about this? It's one image like it's one piece i love that like it's just that and you know what's funny is is that i used a simple phone picture editing app to piece all those pieces together oh, nice. a piece and piece. And i just used like blend and whatever to kind of make it work and i handed it to my tattoo artist because he was like oh your back is blank you want a tattoo and i was like oh god here we go and yeah. uh, he's like whatever you want and i put it together i was like is this doable and he was like dude like how like, how'd you come up with even the thought process behind that? And I, that's where, I guess, my artistic ability came in a little bit. That's amazing. I love it. Thanks for showing that, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll, you know, we talk. I'll send you a picture so you can actually yeah. look at it. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure something. I'll send some stuff out to you. And then we'll work out what kind of plan um, is going on. And I don't know. We can tie it into the Instagram. You can find me at, uh, at Von Burke Studios. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, 
if you guys are curious about um, some of the stuff I'm doing, or it, it's easy to find me, just look anywhere on Von Burke Studios, <laughs> at Von Burke Studios on Facebook, and then vonburkstudios.com. You can find me out there too. I got a, there's a gallery. I got some videos on there too. So come check it out. See, see what's happening. And a YouTube as well, right? Got a little YouTube. Yeah, I'm working on it. So, so I'm at 80 like subscribers. I need a hundred. I think it's 115 to get the custom URL. So if you guys want to subscribe on my YouTube, that would really help out. So I can get the youtube.com forward slash Bomberg studio. Now it's like that whole gibberish line, like youtube.com forward slash, you know, so I'm working on that one too. And I'm close to a thousand on Instagram. So um, any help there would be awesome too. Hell yeah. Let's, uh, you know, guys get out there and, uh, <laughs> and, and give Brian some love. This guy's uh his art's awesome and, and he, you know, he deserves uh, some support and, you know, he's a big positive, positive guy in this community. So that's, that we need more of that. And uh, Brian's a great representative of those types of things. So get Thank out you. there and, uh, you know, give him some support, show him some love. Uh, yeah. And thank, thank you guys for the fans for, you know, sticking around this long. It's been a, a nice chat, a nice lengthy one. So thank you guys that are listening. And Jenna, thanks for all the, the help out there for the brief time I got to see you. But hello. Oh, thank you. Jen, Jenna's oh, giving her off screen thumbs up it. because she's brand you, you guys have been great. I hope you have me on again sometime. This is uh, uh, You know what? You know, whenever you've got a day and you're like, hey, let's shoot the shit, it's an episode. Might be a D&D day. Might be a D&D day. It might have to be that. Um, cause I know you kind of me talking about it. You got the bugs. So I do. We'll yeah. definitely, uh, we'll, we'll, like I said, we talk, so we'll fit, we'll make a plan. All right, brother. All right. Yeah. Everyone listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for hanging out with me and Brian. Um, you know, go to the spots that he shout out, you know, the spots from us. Um, That's right. that was the thing. We did an episode. Thanks for yeah. hanging out. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out.